0: We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77.
1: WNBC.
2: Do you know this song, John Katzmatini's? I don't know. That do, do, sort of wakes me do, up. Do, do, do. Where's Bernie and Sid? Do, do, do. It's not Bernie and Sid. It's Cats and Lid today. Wow, well, we slept and lid. here last night.
3: I, I definitely have more hair than uh Sid. <laughs> you do, you do, yeah. and you're you're naturally and you tan. You look better than Bernie. Thank you,
2: thank you, and you're naturally tan. Unlike I'm, I'm Sid, you are. You have a yeah. nice complexion to you, doesn't he?
3: Doesn't but he? But now Sid lives on the beach someplace too. Does he? Yeah. Uh, I didn't
2: even know where he moved to. He though.
3: bought a new house somewhere on the beach somewhere. Oh, he's not
2: saying where. He doesn't want the ladies to follow him. Mm. Well, this is Lydia Saranai and John Katz Matidis in for the great Bernie and Sid, who are having a much deserved day off in the studio, much also deserved. with us.
3: How do you get Passover and Easter Good Friday <laughs> <laughs> in the same day? Well, not everybody works 24 yeah, 7 like but you the, do. The same day, Passover and, and
2: Good Friday? That's true. We've got a double header today. That's abnormally. Well, we got a uh, Curtis Sliwa who never sleeps, but you took a little cat nap. Get it? Get yes, it? Yes, little cat nap. You took a little cat nap, and uh, you are always at. I saw your video yesterday, by W-A-B-C. the way. Always, always broadcasting you. cats.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you were going through trash yesterday. Yes. What What the heck was that
4: about? Well, the homeless people. Um, they were collecting bottles and cans, and you know they get like a nickel, uh, uh for each of them. And one guy had a uh, psychotic disorder and he just ran away and he left all of this behind. So I put it all together and I brought it and I gave it to another homeless guy so he'd at least have it.
3: Well, speaking wait, of. Wait, wait, wait. We used to know about Robin Hood giving, you know, taking from the rich, giving to the poor. When you take from one homeless. To give to another homeless. <laughs> what is that called? <laughs> I don't know. Point- well, I told him don't
4: go to Gristini's. Uh They're backed up. Uh, they got too much business to do.
3: I just saw there's
2: the no, half- there's <laughs> no hot and does left. They took it off. I just exactly. saw the half and half in the fridge. Seven dollars and forty nine cents for yeah. a little half and half thing. The prices are out of control. Well, and
3: buy the- buy it sooner than later. You know how much money you can make it by buying sooner than later. It's a better investment than in the market.
4: And okay. by the way, instead, don't look at the price of gasoline. Uh, look at the price of matzahs. Look at the price of chicken. Look at all the things that you would get for Pesach, Passover. Just
3: astronomical. Astronomical. What I about- tell you, the price of matzahs is anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> My poor Jewish friends look at the price and they have a heart attack. Exactly.
2: Well, uh, what about Katz's Deli? That's a little still a little pricey, but apparently not too pricey for the uh, subway shooter there.
4: The subway shooter went on a tour of New York City. So after he shot 10 people... Is
3: is that his last meal?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good place to have a last meal. But he basically went on a tour. People don't realize that he got off the next stop after he shot the 10. There's no video. So none of the cameras in the subway system were working. None of them.
3: That is a sin. That is a sin. You know, we can joke around all we want, but that is a sin. I mean, that is... Well, I so was bad.
2: listening to Curtis overnight because at three o'clock in the morning, my daughter had to go to the bathroom and she's scared of the monsters, So I had to take her to the bathroom. And then I turned on, of course, uh the monster come
3: up from underneath. <laughs> she down? just
2: uh, she's five years old. She's like, Mommy, I got to go pee pee. I got to go potty." I'm like, oh, God. So I've been up since three. And I heard you say that in twenty eighteen, the Comptroller, they what? Only thirty percent were. were what, yeah, what was that? Comptroller
4: Napoli did a complete audit. Because there are 10,000 cameras in 472 stations. How, a, many,
3: how many work? Uh, yep. Only
4: 30%. 30%. <laughs> and so he okay. said, wait a second, we have a contract. And part of the contract is you don't just install them. You have to check up but on them and is, repair
3: them. This is the busiest station. One of the busiest yes. stations in Brooklyn. There were no cops. That's and right. there were no cameras.
4: That's right, no I mean, cops, no. cameras.
2: I mean, what are we doing? And Ed Cox was on the train yesterday, and he said he didn't see any cops anywhere—not on the platform, not—and we just had a basically a domestic terror
3: attack.
4: Bottom line is, we just don't have enough cops. So no matter where you maneuver them and
3: push them, yeah. You know, here's my recommendation. Yes. Why don't uh, Hokel? She wants. Yeah, you know, she's a tough Irish girl. Well, why don't you call up the National Guard for thirty days? And put somebody on the platforms and in the trains for the next thirty days. And enough is let's enough. See what happens? What and a great and event. let's and, and let's on these homeless. Let's find some place to put them. Put look, it's the summertime coming. Let's put up a tent, a tent in Rikers Island, and you know, give them plenty of food, give them plenty of whatever. And tr- but and they get need them treatment, off, right? Get them off humane treatment. Give them medical uh, whatever Attention. they need. Uh, and but enough is enough. Take them off the streets of New York. Why are we making eight and a half million New Yorkers miserable?
2: Didn't they, the cops, when they did the anti-crime unit, they went out like over the homeless unit, right? For the cops. Remember, they went out there for the big initiative. Like only three of them agreed to go to a shelter.
4: Remember, when they took a billion dollars out of the budget, we know they uh, took apart the anti-crime unit, the undercover cops who did a great job. But they also took... The homeless unit, these were trained professional police officers who knew how to deal with the homeless and the emotionally disturbed. They disbanded that. So when uh, Adams brought back the anti-crime unit, uh, they were uniform. They wear a different uniform. And when they took the homeless out of the subways and they took some of the encampments down, only five people agreed to go to the shelter. The others are all scattered around. So they just go from place to place. And so if you don't deal with the problem in one specific area, all you are is pushing the problems in all different areas. And it's going to be endless.
3: Now, last night I had dinner with Larry Kudlow mm. and my friend Mark Simone. Mm-hmm. And um, Larry says to me, he'll be on, by the way, Larry Kudlow will be on. Um, he's, the only, he's making our show, the only exception, at uh-huh. 5 o'clock today. Oh, great. And uh, to give uh, his evaluation of what the heck is going on with the economy.
2: I know, you know, I know, and, and uh, we're also going to have the chief of detectives, uh, James Essig. He'll be joining us shortly. We're also going to talk to Bert Flickinger, who
3: is uh, going to tell us what, what the price expert. of Oreos are going to be. Oh my goodness, uh, my sister's stock up, stock up, stock up on Oreos. Okay. Meanwhile, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? I don't know. Homeless people. Like well, let the me drugs. let me mention one ben, thing. Curtis. Let me
4: mention one thing. I was with Rudy Giuliani last night because we were going through petitions for his son Andrew. This is petition time. And I said, Rudy, do you realize the New York Times has given you credit now for the second time in a month. Remember, the first time was to admit finally that is the Hunter Biden laptop. So they they finally uh, gave uh, Rudy Giuliani the credibility he deserved on that. But when he was on WABC the day of the shooting he announced the Arizona license plate on the air. He took time to very slowly announce what the plate was and reminded everybody that every U-Haul out there has Arizona plates. It was one of our listeners, WABC listeners, listening to Rudy, who had a cup of coffee in his hand on West 4th Street and King's Highway. He said, oh, my God, that's the van right there. He called the police, and the police came and then cordoned off the area.
3: W.A.B.C. is making new highs every week, every month of New Yorkers listening to it. You know why? We tell the truth.
2: We tell the truth. We we don't sugarcoat it. And we're on top of breaking news. I know a lot of people are into the podcast when they're in their car and everything. But that's like stale. That's last month's news. Yeah, it's it's stale. You can't even wait. And that's why we are like literally on our phones doing the news all the time on top of it. I
3: remember. Yes. Hudlow. He says to me, "What do you mean by three thousand criminals in the streets? You know, maybe I should say it slower." That uh, and the, com- the commissioner has, uh, uh, police commissioner has said we're correct, and the uh, uh, chief of detectives has said we're correct. Three thousand criminals in the streets of New York. If somehow we waved the magic wand and they disappeared, New York City be back to the safe streets of, of always.
2: And we had the Assemblywoman Latrice Walker on last week. Remember that debate that we had with her?
3: Yes, yeah, she's a good friend. I like she, her. She
2: was lovely. She was lovely. But they were talking about how that one gun violence doesn't have to do. What we're talking about is repeat offenders. 70% of the people that are committing the crimes right now on the streets have like 10 arrests already under their belt. Those are the people we are talking and about said, to get said, off said, the I streets. I said at
3: the dinner table, I said, at what point do you throw away the key on, on violent crimes? We're not talking about stealing one, one thing of hacking dust because you're hungry. Uh, <laughs> on violent crimes, guns, uh, knives, uh, threatening eight and a half million New Yorkers. You do it, it used to be three strikes and you're out. What do you want, 14 strikes and you're out? Enough is enough, Here's I, I love you, John, but here's why I disagree with
2: you. I Tell think me. I think that even minor crimes need to be taken seriously. I think yes. if you shoplift,
3: too. let's take care of the major ones yes. first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you
4: an idea. The biggest uh, district attorney's office is in Brooklyn. That's Eric Gonzalez. If you are arrested with a gun on you, that means you haven't shot anybody. You are have a gun or a loaded gun on you. You don't get locked up. Right. You get remediation. That means you come well, back once a week to be uh get counseled and why you shouldn't be carrying a gun.
3: Now, the criminal community looks at that as a joke. Well, the other the other number that the commissioner gave us when she was on was we gave out they arrested six thousand six hundred people with guns. They gave out 600, six hundred six thousand six hundred disappearance tickets. Exactly. And guess what? How many showed up at court? None. 200.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, that's... Uh, How I, many I went to show jail? None.
3: None. You had why, it right the first time. Why would you show up? Why would you well, why show would up? Why would you show up? Well, you're shocked. Your minimum one year in jail. You're right. shocked.
4: You, you figure, I'm busted. Okay. You have to be
3: really dumb.
4: I'm going to be gone for a year. You know, no, no, no. They just give you the pink slip, which is what we call a disappearance ticket. It has a date you're supposed to show up in court. They don't show up in court. They issue a warrant. Nobody ever follows up on the warrant, so it's an endless cycle.
2: We haven't yeah. allowed the police to be proactive anymore. They used to be able, if they saw like a bunch of people congregating on a corner, to go up to them, talk to them. Now that's considered racist. They used to do traffic stops. That's how they got a lot of the guns off the streets. Now they can't do any of that. You can smoke weed. You can drink, according to Hochul. You know you can do you the to-go drink. You can piss in the corner. Piss and poop. You can... You can shoot up. You can do whatever you want. You can do graffiti. I mean, and you can hook. You can be a hooker. You can be a pimp. And that's why people are doing whatever they want, because they've been emboldened by the politicians.
4: Sure. There's no zero tolerance. There's no broken windows. And let's face it, uh, John Katsimatidis, you have the former mayor here who took the city from the murder capital of America, uh, a, a city that had 5,000 unsolved shootings. Eight years later, the biggest safe city in America. It would it would behoove everyone in Adams' administration just to meet with Rudy. Just about public safety. Don't talk about Trump to the election. Just about public safety because he knows how to do it.
3: Well, you know, Rudy uh, was a great mayor in New York City. He brought uh, he he brought it a long way. By the way, I had lunch yesterday with Anthony Weiner. Ah, your your cohort, my,
4: my partner, your
3: partner. And he gave me a trick question. Oh, you know, you know, some, he's a very smart kid, went to Brooklyn Tech. Yes. <laughs> you know, you have to be an IQ of 140 and above to go to Brooklyn Tech. So he says to me, when was there more or less crime? Um, under Rudy or under right now? Well, Rudy was still in the period of time yes, where it was right. headed south, yes, yes, I mean it headed south for like twelve years of of sixteen years of under, under Rudy it was uh, you know under Rudy and then Blumberg until we got down to almost zilch crime, yes, how do you spell zilch zilch crime, right, and then we went zoom, and then it got really crazy. I remember Curtis those pictures on 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 television during. Covid, they were breaking into Macy's, breaking into stores, walking in, walking out with all the inventory all the everything. And the cops were ordered. Yes, were ordered. Don't stop them. Don't abuse them. Don't stop them. Don't abuse them. Don't arrest them. I mean, this is this is pure. Mutiny, or whatever you want to call it. When Macy's
2: got looted, yes. I had to come. I came into work. I was freelancing for WABC Radio, and some of the hosts. I, I guess I, I don't know. They thank God they let me go on the air. We were by Penn Station, you know, and I parked my car over there. A combat zone. It was a combat zone and I was like shaking. I was so scared and I took the mace. I had mace because I got it in Connecticut and I got a taser. I got them at the Dick's Sporting Goods up in Connecticut and Stanford and I came out like this and people were throwing garbage cans and then I was afraid to even walk to my car and Bruce Carmona, who is the overnight board op, he would walk me to my car. It was so frightening what was going on. Just And you didn't see a cop anywhere. People well, were just I, I rem- running wild. I remember
4: it well. June 1st, June 2nd, yeah, 2020. Yeah, you got your jaw
2: broken. That's my That's birthday. That's
4: right. Fighting uh, the looters, uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, both those uh, nights. And the cops came up to me because, you know, they were rolling through saying, we've been told to stand down. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, don't go in there. We've been told to stand down. I say I got to go in there. <laughs> we can't stand Remember, down. The Guardian I wanted engines. to
3: buy everybody new Rocky Calavito bats. Yes. You know, and I called Mitch Modelli, says the stores
4: are closed. But notice what the cops no longer have. They always used to have the baton. Remember, they would yeah. play with the baton. Notice they took that away. Like
3: Officer Joe Bowman. Right.
4: When they had to get into a defensive position, they would position the baton. You knew they meant business. They have nothing now
2: nothing nothing you know what my mom used to use on me a brand you know what a brand is it's like a um a, it's like a nice pliable branch and she'd whip a- us <laughs> a, a switch a switch a switch we called it an albanian a brand maybe they can do it that it
3: doesn't make any marks
2: she, oh, they hit, leaves you. Marks. they <laughs> hit you where there are no marks. They hit you. Now. Um, we do have to go to break. We're going to keep we keep Curtis here, right? Of course. We yeah, got to stay t- for a little while. Stay, of course. What time do have to
3: go to sleep?
4: Uh, there'll be plenty of time to sleep when I'm dead.
2: Well, Curtis, we got some news for you. Mayor Adams actually came out against BLM. I mm. know that's shocking for a lot of people. We're going to hear about that right after this.
0: Talk radio seventy-seven WABC.
5: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter. One of my favorite songs.
2: You have to play I mean, it because the moon is gone now. Now the sun has come
1: there, up. There is no moon right now.
3: Well, let me tell you something. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, Frank Sinatra is a great. Uh, singer. They don't make them like uh, that. And Joe Piscopo who does it. Uh, Frank Sinatra on every Sunday night mm-hmm. in WABC. He does it greatly.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: it, it, it relaxes me on a Sunday night.
2: Yes, I saw the. You, you got this nice smile on your face. Could you soon. imagine
3: putting on fifty thousand watts for the the whole East Coast just because it relaxes me. Well, it makes <laughs> you happy. You know what made me and really cousin ha- Brucey Saturday nights. Actually, he's great too.
2: Yeah, he's. I. That's the cuz. You know, what made me really happy. Mayor Adams finally calling out Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I know this is shocking, but he finally called them out, and they deserve it. They're scam artists. Six million dollar house. I mean, my God! If why don't they take all the homeless people and all the gang bangers and have them go live there? And where where is it? Well, is it- you know,
3: what made me happy. I was driving down Fifth Avenue, and I go past the, uh, the Trump Building on fifty what is it Street actually right and. The streets are no longer painted
4: Black Lives Matter. No, no, they no, wore listen, off. Of and Of was black never put matter. matter. Listen,
3: Black Lives do matter. Of I course. Mean, I, 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 you know, it's the organization. They're a bunch of crooks. Right. And BLM yeah, yeah,
4: you know. now stands for Black Large Mansions. <laughs> That's the new <laughs> But actor. they're but, in white
3: neighborhoods. No, no, not only are they in white neighborhoods, they were all white. Yes, I saw yes. the picture of the one in Beverly Hills It was completely white. And it was in a white neighborhood. I think they also hate men. Black Lives Matter. I think they uh, and are know, they women?
2: There? They're they're lesbians. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fa- they're lesbians. They're all lesbians. I think they're anti man too. I don't think they, they don't care about but black they lives.
3: Did, they did con. Yeah, it's a great. So con. many people. How I many people con. you think they con? They con conned conned almost, corporations. Almost, corporations. They con corporations. They con. I mean. Poor Al Sharpton. They did a better job of hiding <laughs> uh, corporations than
4: it Oh, much better. I know. Where's, remember, where's Jesse, Tawana
3: Brawley now? No, She's but, probably upset, right?
4: You remember, Jesse Jackson started it. Then Al uh, Sharpton inherited it. Uh-huh. But Black Lives Matter perfected it. Corporations gave them money hoping. That they would avoid their. Yeah, don't
3: tell. Don't tell me that Ben and Jerry's ice cream is bad.
4: Right. Please don't right. say that. And
2: they want to go after Trump and his taxes and this car and that car. But listen, a- Eric Adams got to give the guy credit. Take a listen to what he said on New York one. Play clip three.
6: Why are 16, 17 and 18 year olds out in our streets armed with guns? Twelve, one o'clock at night. When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matter, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered should be on the street right now stating that the lives of these black children that are dying every night matters. We can't be hypocrites.
2: And you saw the New York one, one anchor was trying to interrupt him because they were like, oh, my God, what is, what is Mayor Adams saying? He's saying something negative about Black Lives Matter. But more than 90 percent of the victims of gun violence, of all the violence, are people of color. Why is nobody talking about that, Curtis?
4: Well, also, remember, when we were growing up, we had a curfew. Uh, so the cops would pick you up. Didn't mean you did anything wrong. But if you were out past 10 o'clock, they'd pick you up and normally take you home. But if you had done something bad, they would take you to the precinct. You would get a J.D. card. Juvenile delinquent card. So there were all different kind of measures. Now what you have to do when you come across known gangbangers, of which there are many, you have to do a stop and frisk on them because they're carrying guns.
3: Well, when I was running for mayor in 2013, before you ran for mayor in 2021, 20, uh, uh, I said we've come, got to come up with these electronic things, and they're they're available. Yes. That will give you a good indication if you have a weapon.
4: The Israelis have perfected that technology. The
3: Israelis have perfected almost anything. Yeah. By the way, there's some breaking news. Uh, I understand uh, Kiev has just been hit with some uh, very large bombs.
1: Oh, God.
3: And the other part of the breaking news is Finland has said that they are wanting and willing to join NATO, even though though Putin has said, Putin has said, you'll be sorry. Well, we got to go
2: to the clip of the day from none other than Curtis Sliwa. Take a listen.
4: He explained to me John Lindsay knew a lot of things about running the city of New York. Not all of them were wrong. See, that's the difference between Rudy Giuliani and Eric Adams. Uh, He's failing in uh, reducing crime. Crime stats indicate there's more crime now than what we had with uh, Bill de Blasio. Hard as that is to figure out. Uh, I never thought anybody would be worse than Bill de Blasio, but when you look at the stats, Eric Adams is, it behooves him. To have a 45 minute hour meeting with a man who knows how to roll back violent crime problems in New York City because he already did it.
0: This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
7: Not Sid, but Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Let's begin in Pittsburgh, where the Islanders were in action against the Penguins last night. Jake Gunsel scored twice for Pittsburgh, and Sidney Crosby added a goal as the Penguins double up the Islanders by a score of 6-3, to earning a playoff berth for the 16th straight season. No playoff hopes in sight for New York, unfortunately, but they still have their pride to skate for. They'll be in Montreal tonight against the Canadians to try and bounce back with a win on the road. That faceoff is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. The Devils have been out of the playoff discussion for most of the season, but they still have hockey to play as well as they were in Colorado last night to add another loss to a really disappointing 26-42-6 and overall record on the year. Arturi Lekkinen had a goal and an assist for Colorado, and Logan O'Connor added a goal en route to the 3-1 Avalanche win. Good for their eighth straight. The Devils will be back on the horse tomorrow night in Seattle to take on the Kraken. Looking ahead to this evening, in the way of NBA play-in tournament basketball, as both games slated will be played for the overall eight-seed at each conference. In the east, the Atlanta Hawks will be visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and out west, the New Orleans Pelicans are in Los Angeles to tip it off with the Clippers at 10 p.m. We head to the Diamond with the Yanks and Blue Jays from Yankee Stadium last night. 24 hours after Vladdy Guerrero Jr. eviscerated Garrett Cole in the Yankees' bullpen with three home runs on a perfect night at the dish, Luis Severino decided to go a different route against a powerful young righty bat striking him out three consecutive times on his way to a masterful five innings pitched the right-hander was pumped up after concluding his night with his third punch out of Guerrero just playing the game again swing and a miss Guerrero has struck out three times
8: against
0: Severino that is a powerful five innings for Luis Severino. You think he's pumped up? Think he likes pitching again? Oh yeah.
7: That call courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network. Three to nothing is your final score from the Bronx as the Bombers will make the short trip to Baltimore to kick off a three-game set against the Orioles tonight. That first pitch is set for 7:05 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC,
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: Me the 80s and 90s of Back to the Future. Better, Welcome back to the Bernie and Sid show. But in for Bernie and Sid it's Cats and Lid. And we've got Curtis Slewa here who is always, you're always lively and awake. You've got 20 lives instead of nine lives. Like giving you a
4: a tactical air support, tactical air support.
3: <laughs> How long have you been up?
4: Oh, I've been up for about uh, 21 hours.
3: Oh, that's not bad. It's not twenty-four
2: yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's like John, you two never stop working. Well, us ladies, we need our beauty sleep. On the line with us right now, we have Phil Banks. He's the deputy mayor of public safety here in New York City. And Deputy Mayor, we really need to get our city back safe again in order to get New York back.
9: We do. We do. The city has been going in the wrong direction for such a long, long time. Um, um, and you know, the mayor has promised to do that and he's putting things in place, but certainly we do need to get our city back. Greatest city in the world, right? And so we have to make sure that we get in the right direction and, and keep propelling towards that.
3: I've been, uh, Phil, uh, banks, uh, John Kassimatidis, uh, I've been told we don't have enough police to put, uh, one cop on every platform, one cop in every crane, um, uh, Should we call in and ask the governor to give us the National Guard for 30 days just to prove a point that we want New York City safe?
9: Um, I don't don't know if that's uh, necessary, John. It it sounds good. And listen, all the resources are are helpful, right? They all would work. I'm not so sure whether we need to put the National Guard in uh to do that or not but we certainly uh have to you know turn this ship around just to make sure to restore confidence because it's one thing to keep the city safe it's another thing to to the perception that the city is safe and people have to feel safe so a uh, large part especially in the transit system uh, uh we have to just make sure the perception of it is safe and that deals with cleanliness. That deal with the lights are working, that deals with making sure that you see police officers, that's making sure that people are orderly uh within it. So there's a there's a whole whole package that goes with doing that. And I, I think you're, you're seeing that and I think you're gonna start seeing it. This was a very unfortunate situation. First time I've ever remember anything like this in the transit system. It certainly is a setback. Uh, but I'm I'm confident that uh the city New York has always bounced back. Right? Always bounce back always. back around and uh we will be uh we will be getting this together
3: we uh uh i you know I remember but we used to have i was talking to Christine Nicholas the other day we used to have sixty six million tourists in New York now they read these tourists they're not coming in right now from europe they're not coming in from asia they're not coming in for the theater i mean they read newspapers and they say. Oh, this guy got hit over the head with a hammer. This guy got uh, got thrown off the platform of a subway. We, we got—I mean—to bring back our city, and we love our city. Me and you love our city, and and we need people and tourists to feel safe. So we got to do something to just to you know jump the jump the car or jump the uh, safety net.
9: No, you're right. You know, I I, I remember when I was uh, the commanding officer of the Central Park precinct, and I had I was coming from uh, working in Brownsville, and it was just a complete different uh, type of policing. And I remember then the borough commander, he stated to me my first day, he says, hey, you're coming to a place where we take, uh, you know, one or two crimes uh, 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 a week, he says. But those one or two crimes are very important because the perception of New York City, Central Park is one of our gems." So make sure that you put it in a proper perspective and treat it as such. And it was a very important lesson to me. You know what I'm saying? I was going to a then, and, and those crimes where people were, were getting their pickpocketed or getting their, their credit card stolen while they were playing softball. And he put it in the proper perspective that, hey, the perception is the reality. And in public safety, the perception is the reality. So we have to make sure that we all have a responsibility, right, to do that. And I think we're going to do it. If you look at this incident that took place and the people were shot, and how the people who weren't shot—if you see the video—stood stood there and helped them, and automatically didn't flee. Stood there and said, "Hey, there's a fellow New Yorker." So that gave me a lot of confidence, you know. So in spite of the tragedy that we suffered—a horrific tragedy that we suffered—fortunately, no one lost their life, but horrific nonetheless. How New York is kind of bound together. So it certainly gives me confidence that that uh, you know, we will. We
3: will get this together. Curtis, Curtis Lee was in the, uh, in the studio with us. Curtis, would you like to say anything? Sure. Uh,
4: Deputy Mayor, uh, there's been uh, the question about the video capacity in the subways. There are 10,000 cameras, 472 stations. Are they at all linked up uh, with the Transit Police, the NYPD, or are they separate and autonomous?
9: You no, know, they are linked into uh, to the NYPD. they run through our LMSI where we can we look at them, we can view them. Um I, I think this, this has really been overblown that cameras, whether in the subway system or not, they go down all the time, they come up all the time. There's all sorts of technical issues that take place. I know there's a big issue there about these cameras not working. Um but um we work very uh well with the MTA uh when it comes to the cameras. Um when the cameras go out with notifications, people are dispatched to fix them. So sometimes they're out for an hour. uh, Sometimes they're out for a day or two, depending on uh, what's what's actually wrong with the cameras. So a lot of stuff is written about these cameras, but the NTA has been a very important partner with us when it comes to these cameras. And overall, just how we deal with the transit system. So very good partners, and we're looking forward to working with them. Deputy
2: Mayor, why does broken windows get such a bad rap Basically, that's proactive policing by the anti-crime unit, the the unit that uh, Mayor Adams just reinstituted. Uh, 70 percent of the guys you guys got off the street have repeat offenders. That's what we're talking about. We're trying to prevent crimes from happening in the first place. Why? Why can't maybe reimagine broken windows? But there is nothing wrong with police trying to get ahead of the curve, ahead of the crime instead of being reactive all the time.
9: You know, I listen, one, uh, the mayor has uh, instituted and stated that uh, he's not implementing, quote-unquote, broken windows, right? So I just want to separate what the direction the NYPD is going on in broken windows. So if you go back to broken windows to, you know, to a lot of people, uh, they feel as though broken windows was a tactic where the police officers overstepped and overreach, um, depending who you talk to. You know, you can debate it. But I certainly have been in this game a very, very long time and certainly understand one, there's community complaints, two, and there are things that if you take care of, you can avoid bigger things that's happening. So we don't want a police department, nor do we want a city where we have to wait until a crime is committed <laughs> before we actually like do something about it. We want to be able to, to be uh, uh, very, very premature and looking at some of those indicators so that we can stop the robber from happening. So you can catch the robber after you rob somebody, or you can implement policies to actually stop the robbery before it happens. And that's what we're looking to do. People want to categorize it however they want to categorize it. They have the option. Um, but we certainly uh, want to make sure that people are safe and they feel safe, and we're going to do that.
3: Well, Deputy Mayor, we uh, let the, uh, let the Mayor Adams know we stand by his side. We want to make New York City safe. We want to bring New York City back. And let's yell and scream at the people in Albany because they have no heart. They, you know, the, you know, eight and a half million people want to be safe, and we, we, they, they get paid to make them safe. And, uh, thank you for everything you do. Uh, God bless you and God bless New York.
9: And thank you, John. And thank you, everybody. And Curtis, is always good talking to you, uh, our brother. And, uh, be safe. Thank That's you, it. Deputy Mayor.
3: Thank you. Uh, are we taking a break, or
2: we're going to take a break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rising prices going on all over the, the country. The
3: real price of Oreos and Chips Ahoy.
2: What is the real price? There is no. Is there a relief in sight, John? We, we You're got, the expert. I don't
3: know. I think it's going higher. So buy it now. Uh, we got Bert Flickinger coming on, and uh, and he'll give us the facts of life.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: Know this song, John? Different point. You know. It. For the money. We work hard for the money, but everybody's taking our money, John.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I was with, uh, like I said before, I was with Larry Kudlow at dinner, and real wages are way down right now because of the price, uh, because of inflation. Uh, is Bert on?
2: Bert Flickinger is on, and by the way, this what, is Lydia Serrano with price? John Katz on for Bernie
3: and Sid. What's the real price of Oreo cookies? Are they going higher? And I want to I'll talk about Malamars, too. Go
10: ahead. <laughs> uh, John, to quote a famous musician, uh, they're they're going high and, and even higher, and it doesn't look like there's any stopping in, in sight. And a price for equivalent pounders, as we've discussed, for Oreo cookies and Chips Ahoy is higher than some of the cuts of steak you sell in your stores. <laughs>
2: wow. God. Well, according to the what, president, what, what's healthier, <laughs> <laughs> right? According to the president of the United States, Burt Flickinger, who, by the way, is an inflation expert. This is all Vladimir Putin's fault. Yes. Take a listen to hear what he said yesterday. Play clip one.
6: Seventy percent of the increase in inflation was a consequence of Putin's price hike because of the impact on oil prices. Seventy percent. We need we need to address these high
11: prices and urgently.
6: What is he talking if
2: about? If
3: anybody believes that crap, they're, they're dumber than he is.
2: But how does he even know 70% Burt Flickinger? Well, when they gave
3: him his cue card. Oh, my
2: God. And then he, <laughs> did you see him? He went to shake the Like, nobody was there, and he went to shake their hands. Yeah. Bert Burt Flickinger, I mean, does that even make sense, what he just said? Well, wait,
3: wait, wait. We also have to talk about later on what happened to Senator Feinstein. Oh, I got that, too. I understand my wife is telling me yes. that she's been declared uh, almost dead. Well,
2: she's eight, She's mentally incompetent. She like scolded a couple of kids. Oh, my God. OK,
12: so. Go ahead, Bert.
10: L- Lydia and John, in U.S. government, when it comes to pricing now, common sense is completely uncommon. And here's why. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is predicting only a nine to ten, nine to ten percent increase in chicken. That said, the U.S. farmers, according to the farm report at half past midnight this morning, The U.S. farmers cannot afford to pay for fertilizer that's gone up, depending on the type, 3 to 500% in trailing 12 months. So they're using live manure. The problem with live manure, John Lydian, That's a lot
1: of...
10: Exactly. The problem with live manure is there's the most pernicious case of bird flu affecting the chicken and turkey population. It could wipe out 30% of the chicken and turkey population uh, from... uh, uh, birds carrying uh, the disease from manure from from uh, play, place to place. So Oreo cookies are going high, but chicken is going even higher. Turkey's going higher. Uh, fertilizer's going higher. And what's worse is RFD TV, the Rural Farm Channel, is, for, is uh, in their soil analyses is 30 percent to 70 percent of the soil in the U.S. For agriculture and livestock is moisture deficient. So we're going to have massive crop year shortages at a price where on the Chicago Board of Trade commodity prices are going up five to uh, ten cents to dollar, two dollars a pound every day and hitting market limits. And the USDA and the government, where common sense is completely uncommon, don't report any of this. And are understating the level of inflation, saying, "Oh, it's only going to be eight point five percent. It's only going to be eleven point two percent." Nonsense! It's going to be twenty to thirty percent, going on forty percent.
3: Uh, Bert, I had uh, like I was telling Lydia before, and Curtis, uh, I had dinner with Larry Kudlow last night, and we were talking about naturally the economy. What else did you talk about at dinner? And and uh, you know the what I said to the the president and the White House, I said. We can solve the inflation problem. We can solve uh, the, uh, the gasoline problem. We can solve the price of crude oil problem. All you have to do is open up North America. Open up North America and the price will come down. It'll come down. Uh, right now it's $107. It'll come down to 50 or 60, 50%, which will solve the food problem, will solve almost every problem.
13: John, you, you're yeah.
10: completely correct on yeah. on opening up energy, but as Curtis Lee was so so brilliantly and consistently will tell you, uh, solving street crime will bring down inflation just just almost as much. I was doing a uh, report report overnight with Margot Roosevelt, the award winning reporter for the L.A. Times, and she was saying the workers are getting a four dollar and twenty five cent to five dollar raise over three years versus a sixty-five in the UFCW contract and Region five, all the locals in California. She asked, uh, isn't that going to cause inflation? I said, Margo, uh, you're going to have loyal workers like you have in your stores, John. It's, it's going to uh, incentivize them to stay. The shelves will be stocked. They'll be more productive and you'll have higher shopper satisfaction scores as you do as opposed to the store checks we're doing in Walmart and Target across the country where they're out of stock 20 to 90 percent in key power categories. And I told Margo, Margo, look, a thief in Los Angeles can steal up to nine hundred and fifty dollars a day from three stores, four stores, three to four thousand a day and and make over a million a year. And for every uh, three hundred and thirty dollars that's stolen, only thirty dollars is recovered. So, whether it's your store or Kroger or Albertsons or Safeway stores, John. Well, oh, they're just closing they're break-
3: those, all those drug stores. They're closing them. Yeah, exactly. And for, for every, every $330. And people are store, laid off.
10: Yeah, you've got to s- sell $30,000 of merchandise just to break even. So, Marco, you've got to stop crime and that's going to stop inflation in addition to opening up the energy market as, as you so presciently pointed out, John.
3: I'm going to hire the Guardian Angels and I'm going to give them Rocky Calavito bats. <laughs> What's the Number so- 29, yeah. the pride of the Bronx. That's very impressive <laughs> yeah, there, the Rocky yeah. Calavito bats. Now, yeah, I mean, they, they those bats, unless, the are they big enough to carry a Rocky Colorado
4: bat? having been hit with enough wooden bats and aluminum bats in my lifetime, with a Rocky Calavito autograph, you'll make their kneecaps sing and ring. They're not going to be Able to run away
3: now. Let me let me say one more thing, Bert. The next part of my conversation. Well, Joe Biden is not opening up North America. He'd rather pay one hundred and seven dollars a barrel to Russia, even Iran, even Venezuela, even you know it was the Saudi countries. He'd rather pay them one hundred and seven dollars than pay Canada fifty five dollars. I mean, this John, is crazy. Well, I remember but, John. You know, I've okay. got one more thing oh, 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 to say. Okay. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that what uh, Secretary Gates said. What did Secretary Gates say it's everything? Go ahead. Everything
2: Joe Biden, every move he's made, especially when it comes to foreign policy, the last forty years, he's uh, he's made the wrong decision. And then Obama was the one that said, "Don't underestimate Biden's ability to f things up."
3: Now, one next, the next thing he's going to f up. Yes, the real estate industry is very healthy in this country. What instead of bringing the price of oil down and reducing inflation, he's going the other direction. Let's raise interest rates. And the 30 year mortgage rate is over 5% already. You know what the translation is? He's going to kill the real estate industry
7: with a 5%. You
3: know, and, and, you know, other people say, oh, oh, it's been there before. It's not going to hurt anything. Well, BS. Yes. How do you say a lot of? Where's that clip? That's a lot of. Hold on. Well, you know what? Okay. I, while he
2: finds that, John, remember when you were outside the studio right here? As soon as Biden shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, you held the press conference. Remember? Yes. And there was, we had like twenty reporters outside Burt Flickinger, and. I remember John saying, if we shut these pipelines down, if we don't reopen the North, North, America, the pipelines that we have here in North Dakota and Canada, if we don't do this, you're going to see gasoline prices and you're going to see the price of goods. Everything go skyrocketing. And I remember a reporter from ABC News looking over at me and was like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody believed you. You were 100 percent right. You were 100 percent right. And now look where we are. We're talking about the interest rate. Oh, breaking
3: news. AP, breaking news, Amazon adds 5% fuel and inflation surcharge to seller fees. Yeah, of, of course breaking they have news. to, because they're it, just going
2: to it, make more money. They're not going to get the, the, they pass along the cost. That's what happens to it, the consumer.
10: And And the U.S. Department of Commerce and the data reported yesterday on retail sales are confirming your correct points, Lydia and John. The inflation is so bad. That uh, internet sales are down for the first time in history, minus 6.4% versus prior month. So, with the high prices of more, the high prices of food, the high, pr- high prices of uh, transportation, people cannot afford to shop on Amazon. And when they do, Bloomberg's reporting there's buyers' regret that 16.7% of everything purchased on Amazon now is returned. That's a 50%
3: wow. increase versus prior year. Wow, that's a big number. What do you think, Curtis?
4: And don't forget all the Amazon packages that are stolen in all the locations that they're left that the, the company just absorbs because they never reported to the police. Yeah, They just absorbed I the loss. I wonder
3: lost. where on the balance sheet that goes. I mean, uh, now uh, Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. Bert Flickinger, what do you think? Smart strategic move because, in my
10: professional view, Jack Dorsey's been mismanaging that asset from the beginning uh, by limiting the audience instead of making it Democrat with a small D and an open public forum for uh, conscientious debate. Uh, the this, the same way, Hugh Carey and uh, uh, pre- President uh, Reagan and Tip O'Neill and uh, J- Jack Kemp and, and Kerry and a number of others. Always had on a bipartisan basis, and and uh, uh, Twi- Twitter's in violation of uh, sec- the uh, free free speech amendments. And Musk will uh, put that back in balance and make it a better, fair, and balanced platform, and uh, cl- clean up uh, the inc- incongruent communication policies that Dorsey's put in place for for well yeah. over a decade. It,
3: it will completely reverse what's going on in, in the woke culture. And will they allow him to buy it? Well, you know, tune in and we'll find out soon. Uh, Bert, before we hang up, because we're coming up on a break soon, is what is the price of Oreos? Before I call Joe Parisi, who runs Cristebi's <laughs> and D'Agostino, you tell us is what Nabisco have they raised the prices again, or are they raising the prices? And maybe do we do we go to Pepperidge Farm cookies instead?
10: But uh, bo- uh, both, so Ore- Oreos, do your key question, John, have gone from two fifty to three sixty nine to three ninety nine, and they're on their way to four ninety nine. So basically, a double in about seventeen months.
2: Well, thank you and so Pepper- much, Bert Flickinger. We have, have to go.
10: From, I'm sorry. Pepperidge Farm have gone up from three thirty nine to three sixty nine on their way to three ninety nine. So you're right, John. Uh, Pepperidge Farm first, Oreos and Chips Ahoy last. Pepperidge Farm owned by uh, Campbell Soup Company, uh, which is much more constructive and, during, and being price competitive. Uh, and Nabisco, uh, which, which has had a and lot they, of warm up and, they both, and they both,
3: involvement. And they both announced more price increases in May? Yes. Well, thank you so much,
2: Burt Flickinger, for all of your wise uh yeah, I mean, this is it's scary. It's scary. You know what I'm concerned about too. The milk has gone up. My daughter drinks a lot of milk, and her the half gallon of milk went up fifty cents. How much? Fifty cents. It went up. So wow. it was like uh, the Don't one be she like drinks George is Bush four. not knowing the prices. Well, the Fairlife it was used to be like three ninety nine. Now it's four dollars and fifty cents at the Acme supermarket that I go to. So Lydia, it's very. Lydia,
10: you, John, and Curtis just spoke tremendously on retail reality, and the recession isn't coming. The recession's here, and it's going to get worse by month.
3: Well, Bert, thank you for coming on and, and the solution the solution is simple. That's what's so frustrating. The solution is simple. What? Oh. Open up North America and, and bring down the price of oil. And get instead the crime of, under instead control. Instead of raising interest rates. And get
2: the crime under control. Thank you so much, Bert Flickinger. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more about crime. We're going to have the chief of detectives from the NYPD and Curtis Lee will be with us as well. We'll be right back.
0: We are New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning, Hot Radio 77,
1: WABC.
6: Well, I wonder what it's like to be a
14: rainmaker.
2: Welcome back to the Bernie and Sid show. Uh This is Lydia Serrano filling in and along with, so it's not the Bernie and Sid show. It's the cats and lid show, right? Right, John. Let's put a lid on it. Let's put a lid on it. You know, we we're talking <laughs> about before Burt Flickinger about prices, the cost of everything going up. And again, what's really frustrating is that there the solution is a simple one. Open up the pipelines again, get the crime under control. But I have to wonder, is our president mentally compromised? I mean, we saw him yesterday. He shook the air. He put his hands out and nobody was there to shake their hand. It reminded me of you, John, when you
3: were blind for those couple of months. I was blind for like 60 days, 90 days. It was miserable. Oh, my God. I can't. Well, literally, we offered, you literally offered me and David Patterson offered to drive you home. Yeah, and who you, would you choose? And we I cho- both can see crap. And I chose David
2: Patterson because you couldn't even see who I was. And David Patterson, at least he can kind of see a little bit. The former governor of New York, your husband in law, Curtis.
4: That's right. My husband in law. But we knew that you were better, John. When I was standing in the hallway, and you saw me all the way down the
3: hallway because my red beret and red I saw you jacket eating those Oreos. Exactly. I saw you. There was Oreos missing.
4: But there's shrinkage. There's shrinkage in those yeah, Oreos. Shrinkage.
3: There's Oreos missing. That's where they uh, go. <laughs> but we're going to call in uh, George Venizelos to, uh, to investigate <laughs> the missing Oreo cookies.
2: But I want to ask you, John, because you know Joe Biden, you know all these heavy hitters. Is he mentally compromised, or is there something sinister going on with Biden? It, or is he just really that stupid? Because for him to go on national television and tell the world that we're seeing these price hikes because of Putin's 70% and this and that, are people actually buying it? Are they you know, trying the to truth, destroy America? Because that's what they're doing.
3: The truth. I know Joe Biden for 40 years. Yeah. He was always a decent person. And if, if Joe Biden see me coming down the street, he forgot that I'm saying not, not so good things about him. And he'll still give me a hug. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to him. I, you know, we asked Alphonse, Senator D'Amato, that he was at Senator D'Amato's wedding, uh, best man or something. Yeah. Nobody understands uh, what happened to him. I mean, remember, we we kept talking about the movie uh, Wag the Dog uh, of creating a a false war or war because just to get popularity of a president higher. Mm -hmm. Well, this, this sounds like a Weekend at Bernie's. Right. I mean, Curtis, and he, you know, look, I know the guy. I, I'm not going to say bad things about him. He he was a lot smarter than he is now. I mean, what do you think is going on?
4: Well, I think it's what's happened to a lot of people in the Senate. You notice uh, there have been reports about how some uh, in the Senate are receiving all kinds of drugs to just maintain their memory levels. We see what's happening to uh, Diane Feinstein uh who i remember going uh, going at it in san francisco when i formed the guardian angels there she was quick she was sharp but uh in addition to uh her losing her mental faculties she lost her husband and she was very close to her husband and you know what happens you lose a family member and you begin to descend especially as you get older so I think Joe Biden is going through what a lot of the U.S. senators are going through, who are up there in their years, in their 80s and 90s, and that is. Uh, no but some has... of
3: this, some of this stuff is intentional. Why would he shut out North America from uh, producing oil versus buying it from Russia or Venezuela or the or the Arab countries? Why? It's the well, same. I mean, it's the same some environment. It's a, some
2: people. It's the same stuff. It's the same environment, right? What happens in Venezuela, right? We're we're concerned about the world and who has higher ethical practices when it comes to drilling and refinement. We do here in the United States, and Canada. So why would we rely on Venezuela, communist nation? I mean, this I, is I it's, mean, it's, it's destroying their environment, therefore our environment. Look, you know anyway. what
3: I did the other day? I called upon. You know, there's so many things going on that we don't know what's going on. Look at the border. Why would he let all these people come in without, you know, I believe in immigration. I'm an immigrant. I am pro-immigration. But we have to know who's coming and going. You can't just let a bunch of terrorists in. You can't let in people that we don't even know who's coming. There should be some sort of checks and balances. And
2: if you remember back in when Biden was the vice president and remember, they they're all of those detention centers that you see at the border who built them. Barack Obama and Biden. Why? Because they said the influx of migrants was not sustainable. It's not sustainable to allow what What was it last month? How many people came in? Over 150,000. We're on record pace to get like 17,000 a day. They could be I 2 million by job. the fiscal
3: year. This is a job for the guardian angels. The guardian angels. <laughs> I've been down at the border. Where, 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 where's the uh, cavalry? Yeah. We,
2: well, speaking of Diane Feinstein, I want you guys to listen to this. She's 88 years old. Is she just become a nasty I, – I don't know what's happened to this lady. Take a listen to her. She's actually scolding a couple of 10-year-olds about the climate. Number five.
1: We
7: have our own Green New Deal. Some
1: scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around to, in 10 years. What we can do? Senator, if this doesn't get ourselves- turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living yeah, with you. The, the government is voters. supposed to be for the people and by the people. And- okay,
2: well, uh, that wasn't the one I wanted, but it, it's not your fault, Lou. But she she was like talking to the kids, and you even had Janet Yellen. She said that uh, if we're like in danger of not leaving the uh, the world, um, you know, safer, and that's why we have to release ourselves and become more energy independent so Americans can save the planet. Janet Yellen has now been captured by the woke culture. Number nine.
5: Recent IPCC reports confirm that our window of opportunity to leave our planet worthy of our children and our grandchildren is even closer to being permanently shut. We must redouble our efforts to decarbonize our economies, recognizing that countries will use a range of tools, including carbon pricing, regulation, and subsidies, to achieve needed emission reductions.
2: John, what is this obsession with them that they're so anti-fossil fuel? I mean, that that's a, also where – how do they think that the factories are going to make the batteries, and where do they think they're getting the batteries from in the first place and the solar right panels? Right now, they're,
3: they're getting them from China right now.
2: I know, more than and, 90%. And the
3: Chinese needed more lithium to make the batteries, so we gave them Afghanistan. <laughs> you can't make it up. You just can't make it up.
2: You can't make it up. You can't. Why are we enriching our adversaries? I don't understand. These people, they want to see America fail. You say it all the time that we're under attack. We're under attack. America
3: is under attack. Our borders are under attack. Our legal system is under attack.
2: You know. Our values are under attack. We got a five-year-old being talked about. They want to talk to my five-year-old about sex. I I say it all the time, but it's true. I'm more concerned about having wet ones. I need wet ones. Can we make a nationwide push for that? that? If I was a political leader, I would advocate for wet ones in all kids' bathrooms so they can wipe their butts properly. But, and instead of talking to my kid about sex, please my God. do
4: me a favor: no wet ones in the toilet. Because that's what clogs them up. And then you get the
9: roto bill. Well, they could throw it in the garbage. How about some
2: some bidets or something? Talk to my kid about wiping from front to back and this and that instead of gay pride and this and that. It's like, stop. I I don't want to. I told you, John, when I was in Florida, I spoke to this lesbian couple and they're very radical, like left. They were very left and the piercings and the tattoos. They were like, we don't want them talking to my kid about sex. Even they're saying what's going on in the country. It's, It's cuckoo crazy.
3: There's there's a sector that's doing that in America and I, I and and we haven't stopped it. Nobody wants
2: this. Nobody wants this. Why are we allowing the AOCs and the whack jobs because that's what they are. They're not even ra- Democrats. I wouldn't even say they're liberals or leftists. Why are we allowing these whack jobs to take over our country? Maybe Curtis can understand, can can explain to me. Curtis you said
4: that? Well, they know how to bully. Let's face That's it. what it is. You it's see bullying. the squad. You see the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, the justice warriors, and they know how to organize. You see, I've, I've battled them in the streets, not physically, but uh, at the ballot box. They get their vote out on Election Day by 12 noon. They know how many of their people have shown up. They're energized. They're having meetings. And too many Americans have just rested on their laurels. Like, for example, we're talking energy. We haven't built a nuclear power plant or a refinery since the '70s. Now our energy needs have increased, so if you're not going to build a refinery, you need to build a nuclear power plant. If you're not going to build either, where are you going to get and, your anyway, energy from?
3: If China needs a refinery plant or if China needs a coal plant, they fire them up and they fire them up in, 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 in
2: two weeks. And we shut down Indian Point and you got – I'm in Westchester County and all the way – everybody's like, oh my god, my Con Ed bill, everything's gone up 50%. Because they shut down the nuclear power plant. All they needed to do was make it safer well, instead of shutting everything crazy. down.
3: It's just crazy. That, you know, America is under attack. We have uh, a new special guest in our studio today. He just walked in, and it's it's early. It's not even 730 yet. We have George Venizelos. Used to be to uh, be for 25 years, 26 years. the He was the assistant uh, director in charge of New York. Is that the exact yes, title? That's,
8: that's it, John. That's it.
3: Well, tell us uh, how many years did you serve the
8: FBI? I served the FBI twenty-four years and DEA four years. So I had twenty-eight years of government service.
3: Well, DEA and we're all passionate about that. Uh, they're attacking our borders, George. Yeah, no, uh, they're attacking our borders by the Chinese uh, gangs, adding uh, working with the Mexican gangs, adding fentanyl uh, to. Uh, the drugs and last year a hundred thousand americans died
8: now the fentanyl was is poisoning our our, our youth or everybody it's it doesn't discriminate well, you I, have the rich and famous
3: dying from it i, I don't understand yes. why we're not sealing our borders I, I like i said it's not about immigration i believe in immigration just make sure the good people coming across the borders that's all i want
8: yeah no and the problem with, with uh not sealing the borders it's not just the drugs. Every once in a while, you have a little a terrorist sneaks in, you sex know. Trafficker. Sex traffickers. Sex mm-hmm.
3: traffickers.
2: You
8: know, the, the usually it's the, the percentage of these people coming in are criminals. They're going to commit crimes here.
3: So, so George, you served four years at the DEA. Then you served, uh, uh, was 20, it? Tw- 24. 24 yeah. years at the FBI, and uh, you were in charge of the largest FBI office, all of New York. Uh, and uh, uh, now you're also the... Uh, of, of Chief Operating Officer of the Federal Law Enforcement Foundation, which, which works with all the three-letter words in, in law enforcement, as well as the NYPD, state troopers, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Uh, what, what is the pulse of what's happening uh, in, in the streets? What is the pulse of the DEA, what's going on uh, on the borders? Tell, it all, tell all American people, tell all New Yorkers, what the heck is going on?
8: I think the post is—I mean, there there is some frustration because of the lack of support for law enforcement in general. But I—but what I have to say is, the agents and police officers rise above it. They work. They keep their, their, their feet to the ground. they they're they're working their cases. They're working the best they can with what they can. But it—but it's important that that people get behind law enforcement because with, without strong law enforcement. You know, look what's happening to New York City. Look what happened in San Francisco. You have these, these beautiful cities that are, that are caving in because of perception of crime. And, and we really need law enforcement to work together. We need to get behind them.
3: I've been saying on the radio for a while now that America is under attack. Uh, maybe we're not under attack with bombs, but we're under attack in one way or another because these, some of these organizations are being influenced to picket, to 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 go and meet up with politicians and scare them into uh, wanting to be part of the woke culture. Um, is there a division of the FBI that investigates stuff like that?
8: Well, I mean, there is a, there is a division that is, that um, uh, investigates like the um, foreign influence or so the espionage section. Because believe it or not, a lot of this. Division that's going on is, is is a result of foreign influence, foreign money that's coming in, trying to influence certain people, trying to influence who gets elected to office. You see now they're you know they're influencing who becomes DA of the big cities because they realize an increase in crime will destroy a beautiful city. So what, what's the best place to start? Was a district attorney who's not going to prosecute cases and and you know and then they, then crime runs rampant. Once crime runs rampant, people, don't, people are afraid to come in, in the city and work. People are afraid to come in the city and go to, like in New York, go to Broadway. Um, and a lot of it's perception, but numbers don't lie. The, the, the crimes are up. But as long as that perception is out there, you know, it's not safe to go on a subway like what happened a few
3: days ago. People are going to be afraid, and, and we can't have that. We well, need from 66 million tourists uh, in New York City before COVID, we're down to... Pittance. I don't know how you spell
8: yeah. pittance, but we're down to pittance. Yeah, Before COVID, this city was on top. This, was the be- this is the best city in the if world. You
3: lived in, if you lived in Peekskill
8: yeah.
3: and you saw that somebody got hit on the head, yeah. why would you come to New York to go to the theater? Absolutely, and that's what's happening.
8: The
4: you know? other thing is, I don't think a lot of people realize, they hear the FBI, they think this massive organization, we have 35,000 cops in New York City. You had only 35,000 agents not even
8: all over the country. Less. 13,000 agents Thirteen thousand around, the country. around mm. the country and overseas. Mm.
3: You know, yeah. when I was shocked, Curtis, when I asked George one day, I asked George, there's 380,000 or something like that Chinese students in American universities where a lot of them, their mothers and fathers, are in China. And the Chinese government says if you're working on a special project, On 380,000 Chinese students in in MIT, if you don't report back to us, something bad is going to happen to your parents. So how much security leaks do we have? Now I'll go to George, and I said to him, George Venizelos, and I said to him, how many of the 13,000 FBI agents are assigned to watch 380,000 Chinese students? And I'm, I'm sure, look, I think they're all smart kids, and, and they deserve to be in a university. But if you threaten my mother and father and back in the old country, my loyalty is going to be to my mother and father. George, yeah, how many yeah, agents I, are watching 380,000?
8: Yeah, it changes, but it's, it's roughly 1,000, maybe 2,000 in the whole country. You know
3: how do you watch 380,000 students?
8: Impossible. Impossible. Just New York alone, like you said, you have 35 police officers in New York. That's for the city of New York. The New York FBI office has a thousand. Well,
2: I'm worried about the future of our country when you have a 40% absenteeism rate here in New York City alone. You've got kids that barely know how to read and they go. We've got a lot of work to do to get our country back. And when we come back, back to uh, Cats and Lid. We'll be right back.
12: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Good Friday, about 30% of Americans do not believe in religion, the highest number on record. For me, an Irish Catholic, that is not a good sign. So today I will tell you why I believe. It all has to do with history. As you know, I wrote a book called killing Jesus. And we traced the Nazarene. Jesus was born in Nazareth, a backwater town in Judea. We traced him as a human being. Jesus was a stonecutter. Now, I was taught Jesus was a carpenter, but that would have been impossible because there were no trees, very few trees in Judea. The people lived in stone dwellings. Jesus was a stonecutter. And he was very humble. He was poor. He's now the most famous person who has ever lived on this planet. So how does a stonecutter get to be the most famous person? It all has to do with what Jesus did in two years, from age 31 to 33. He preached publicly, but people couldn't hear him. There were no microphones, yet thousands of people began to show up. It had to be the works. What are the works? Well, if you read the Bible, they're miracles. We do not discuss them in killing Jesus because we couldn't verify them. What we can tell you is there were reports that Jesus healed people, and that's why thousands showed up. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
2: This is some Bernie and Sid music. We, uh, Lydia's here. I like more rock music. Lou, is Lou paying attention to me? Does Lou hear me? I'm talking to you. I'm saying I like rock music better. What is this? This is like old people music. We're young. We're happening. We're hit. We're awake. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm older. I was waiting for French Montana. <laughs>
3: I'm even older
2: than that. Welcome back to the Cats and Lid Show, where obviously we're in for Bernie and Sid, who have a much deserved time off, and I was just chucking Much Deserved time off. Yes.
3: It, you got religious holidays, and, and all of a sudden Bernie and Sid got
2: religion. Absolutely. You got I know I know right now as we speak, Sid Rosenberg
3: is in Temple, right? Where no, is he?
4: I can't imagine I can't that imagine
3: he's <laughs> that. I, burn, I got pictures. Don't forget, I got cameras all over the place. I see, I see. Sid, let me see. In the he's clothes. walking the beach. He's walking the beach somewhere. And
4: he's- by the way, uh, observant Jews they spend their whole day looking for any breadcrumbs. They have to get bread out of the house. So I say I'm the righteous gentile. If you're Jewish, sell me your loaf of breads. I'll give you a dollar. And then with the but- price of bread now, I could probably get four or five dollars for it. Well,
3: if you absolutely. Eat, if you eat too many matzas I understand you get constipation.
4: <laughs> oh, absolutely.
3: Well, we have a new special guest in the studio. Uh, we have Joe Parisi. Joe runs gr- all of Christine's. They're full of crap. Of- <laughs> mm-hmm. They're full of
4: crap. That's no, what
3: it's happens the, to you if you crap have too much pasta. <laughs> if you eat too many boxes, the crap will be stuck. <laughs> uh, we have a, a new uh, guest in the studio. He's Joe Parisi is in charge of the chief operating officer of all Gristini's and all D'Agostino stores. Welcome to the studio, Joe.
15: Welcome. Thanks, John. Thanks, Joe, everyone.
3: It's Easter on Sunday, and happy Easter and happy Good Friday. Are, are the consumers going to get killed on Easter?
15: Yeah, this year, if you're going to have your Easter event, you're going to pay anywhere from 15 to 20%. And that and that's all the meats and all the eggs and everything. All prices have gone up for Easter.
3: Wow. And, uh, you know, you know why the, Curtis, you know why the Greeks have Easter the week after, after, uh, uh, Catholic Easter? Sales. You, yeah, we can buy all the chocolate at half price. <laughs> <laughs> we can buy the eggs at a cheaper price. See, we get a better. We get a better, better deal. That makes sense. They all said uh, you. Were, is, they all said is, you were smart. Is child. chocolate ra- <laughs> is chocolate rabbits uh, going to be half price after Easter, Catholic Easter?
15: Yeah, normally, after any holiday, all that merchandise is marked down at half price.
3: Well, half price. I, I call upon all the Greeks out there. You got them at half price at Cristidis and D'Agostino the day after Easter.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All the Eastern Orthodox. Just flood the stores. All the stars. Eastern Orthodox. That's right. The That's Serbians,
15: everybody. Romanians. The yeah. And listen, now... Na, now
2: no, we're I, Well, there are some ca- uh, Orthodox Albanians, but I'm Catholic.
15: But the good though, news is right now, Gristides and Dags has Easter product and has pe- Passover product. So you can come in now, and if you haven't bought your stuff, we have it. We're still in stock.
3: I understand there's a crisis of being able to get Oreos and at the right price and Chips Ahoy, and, and give us the, the, the lowdown on... Uh, Pepperidge Farm Cookies. Bert Flickinger was on before, and he says, you better watch out. They're going up again in May. Have you gotten that price increase already?
15: Yeah, we got our letter. So this is now Orioles and Pepperidge Farm. This is now their second markup. So they originally went up around 8 9%, and now we're getting an additional 10% on top of that.
2: Wow. Wow. So, John, um I wanted to let you know the Attorney General, Tish James, who is a friend here at WABC, she's now launching an investigation into the oil companies for price gouging. Can you explain, John, and you can explain probably Joe Parisi, why it's not the oil companies that are setting the prices technically and why that that oil prices are are a direct correlation to why we're seeing higher prices on all of the food shelves. Can you explain
15: Yeah, so any time the oil prices and the gas prices go up, it affects the food because the companies that are shipping this product raise all the fuel charges that come into the product. So they raise their costs. So as these barrels uh, elevate and continue to elevate and the price goes up, your costs are going up and our costs are going up and the retails are going up. So it's a big effect.
2: So the best way to do it is because we'd have to produce our own fuel.
15: Absolutely and we should be doing that and uh, John brings it up all the time we should definitely be up in Canada producing our own fuel and uh, it'll it'll solve our problems
2: and a cleaner fuel more environmentally
3: friendly now bring down. if we opened up north america to oil instead of being north america that's our it's, it's our america the price of fuel will go down 50% then the price of Oreo cookies and all food will go down equivalently
4: So, John, if you just had the three countries, Canada, the United States, Mexico. The North
3: American Energy Treaty Organization.
4: Could satisfy the needs of everything we have in the United States and Mexico and Canada.
3: Self-sufficient for North America, which will make us, uh, you know, uh, that's a good, you know. But it's like we're talking about the energy
2: crisis. It reminds me of the crime crisis that we're experiencing because it's like, oh, my God, I can't go on the subway without a hatchet. Somebody coming after me or shooting me. Put the criminals in jail. It's pretty simple. Like everything we're talking about here, we're not rocket scientists. Like we, there are simple solutions to it. How about arresting people with guns? Right, John? I mean, that's it. Go to jail. You commit a crime. Well, you should go to jail. That's it.
3: Look, enough en- enough kidding around. Uh, we have to, you know we got to get America back under control. Uh, I mean, Americans have done a great job keeping the store supplied. Uh, Gristides and D'Agostino, Joe, you've done a great job. Everything is on the shelf uh, versus you see other cities, other countries. There's nothing on the shelf. But we we just got to take care of America. Uh, George Venezuelos, you were there law enforcement for, for 29 and 28 years, and We we just gotta take care of ourselves too.
8: Yeah, no, we gotta make people feel comfortable. They gotta come back. You know, it's just.
3: America first. We we gotta take care of our borders. Where's that cavalry (laughs) guy? Oh, see, Lou's not used to. There it is. (laughs) That that's gonna be the new theme song for the Curtis and the Guardian Angels. We're gonna send them down the border and control our borders.
4: Now, what is it like with all the shoplifting now? I see business after business getting devastated, particularly in Manhattan. Uh, People are going in in large numbers. They're going in, I call it the Alvin uh, Bragg swag bag. They go in with the bag. They fill it up. Sometimes two bags, they're coming out of the store. And they know exactly what to go for. You know, they're going for meat products. They're going for diapers. The things that can easily be sold out on the street. And oftentimes they go to the nearby subway stations and they set up on the platform as if it's a, a sook, a bazaar. They're selling and trading products right there and nobody's stopping them. Is it, is it really hurting the margin in supermarkets that have always had pilferage, in-store, in uh, those that come in and steal?
15: I got uh, 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 to imagine it's skyrocketing yeah it's definitely hurting them listen it's it's easy to steal today because you know that you're going to get away with it so and and when people talk and John's talked about this on the radio, these are professionals. these are not people that are just you know stealing because they they have to. these are people that have set up a business that they're coming in they're stealing, and they're going to sell to somebody else. so the market is there, so people can sell so when that's out there and they're not doing any time why why should they stop?
3: Well, if the district attorney is not going to prosecute, George, is there a federal agency that can call it uh, that if you add up all the stuff they're selling and it's organized? Yeah. I mean, right now, I, I believe maybe we have to get the federal agencies involved in New York City and the, and the FBI is involved with that uh, subway crime uh, to take care of uh that stuff. While we have these crazy uh, DAs in charge,
8: whatever. Yeah, no, and I think that's what they're trying to do with the guns. They're trying to set up these task forces, and like you said, John, with these these thefts, these rings. These could be rings, like Curtis said. They could be rings of people. I mean, if you could prove it's a ring, you could prove it's a gang. Then you could get the federal charges, and the federal charges, you know, you know, it's, in some areas a are lot, lot stronger. So we really need to have federal work with the NYPD, and we do work well with the NYPD. There is a lot of Interaction, But we have to get more aggressive with that. That's going to be the answer with um, some of these DAs, frankly.
2: On the Lower East Side, the kid, 15-year-old, tried to rob a vape shop. Yes. And he got stabbed in the chest. The owner ran after him and stabbed him. You know, and that's what's going to end up happening. You're going to see some Bernie gets out there. They're going to take matters into their own hands. Somebody's going to try to come up to them and they're going to shoot them and they're going to kill them because people don't feel safe anymore. I love the NYPD. I think they do an amazing job, but I do see a lot of the cops on their cell phones. Curtis, you brought up a good point on your on
4: your show constantly. They're
2: on their phones.
4: They should have to look if you work for a law firm. And you're doing uh, e-law, which means you're looking at uh, sensitive documents. So they don't want intellectual theft. You have to lock up your cell phones when you're going through all those materials. The cops don't need cell phones. They have Motorola radios. Very efficient. They should lock up the cell phones. Communicate strictly with the Motorola radios. If there's a problem at the house, a problem with the family, they can always call it in a
8: central command and alert the police officer. Look at George's face. He's yeah. Not... I think the problem nowadays is the cell phone is your little computer, whether it's put yeah, out. Yeah, you, you pictures of people and this. and What that. about just blocking alerts, social
2: media alerts, on it? I say block go through a cell phone.
8: I, you need I
3: your cell phone, but they shouldn't be playing uh, games on. Yeah, the cell block
2: file. the games and block the right. social media. Tell they should have a work and phone. TV. How about a work phone? Issue them work phones. Instead of giving the migrants phones, you know, and the criminals cell phones, you have the cops have work phones where they can only, and so everything's monitored because then they won't, they're not going to be on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that the entire time. Maybe, maybe that's the solution. That's
8: good common sense. Yeah. And I think the other problem is it's it's generational, you know? Yes. Look at our our kids. They grew up with cell phones. So cell phone is almost part of your body nowadays. Imagine losing your cell phone for a day. You feel like. And I do that. And I'm, I'm older. You know, I'm in my 60s. Imagine these young 28-year-old cops. These phones and cell phones are part of their life. Absolutely. That's is the way is.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: Thoughts spreading the news. Come on, let's sing it along. Come on, John knows the song. Start spreading the news.
16: I'm
1: leaving today. No,
3: don't leave. We want want New Yorkers back.
1: (laughs) You're part
3: of it. New York,
1: New
2: York.
3: And who do we have on now?
2: We have the chief of detectives. We have uh, James Essig on the line. It doesn't get more New York than the chief right here. He always tells it like it is. He wants to bring the city back. From the point of no return. Excellent job again, getting that maniac off the streets, Frank James. I know he's innocent and still proven guilty, but he looks pretty damn guilty to me. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is the Cats and Lid show. We're in for Bernie and Sid
3: Chief. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Tell us, uh, uh, you guys did a terrific job, and uh, uh, tell us what it was like, and 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 who's collecting the uh, the fifty thousand dollars reward. <laughs>
14: Well, I, hey, John,
3: great job by everybody there. As you can well well imagine,
14: very chaotic scene right at the beginning. The coordination between the, all the agencies, fire department, EMS, and then within the police department, the coordination between patrol transit, the intelligence uh, divisions and bureaus, and the detective bureau, the ATF, FBI. Great work getting this uh this uh, crazed lunatic, as you would say. Within 24 time. hours. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of work went into this, a lot of great detective work. Uh, and it took everybody, everybody's real strong efforts to bring this guy in before he did more damage.
2: Thank God his gun jammed. Right. That was confirmed. His gun jams and he had clips on him. I mean, it's just a, it was a it was a horrific situation.
14: Yes. uh, I I mean, everybody's seen the video by now in the subway. Uh, I mean, the popping of the smoke. uh, You you have three extended magazine clips on you. He could have done a lot more damage than he did. And and, and thank God, uh, you know, all people who were injured in there will recover.
2: You know, I want to bring up something, too, about a lot of the heroic actions that we saw from the people, too. There was um I saw a video of a guy, uh somebody He was bleeding from his leg and then he was putting pressure on his leg to help him. These were perfect strangers. And there was another story. This guy on CNN, he saw a woman who was visibly pregnant. And to shield her belly, he actually gave her a bear hug, shielding her belly, the unborn child. And then he ended up getting shot in the back. A perfect wow. stranger. Do you hear? I mean, are you surprised to hear something like this, Chief uh,
14: Essig? No. Uh, listen, we hear about the bad people in this street, the street, the the small percentage, very, very small percentage of people who are doing these crazy things. But the average New Yorker is out there. We go to work. We do our thing. Uh, we, you know, we help each other. And you see when a crisis like this happens, how we come together.
3: And, uh, Chief, we have uh, in the studio with us former FBI director in charge in New York, George Venizelos. You had a, a question for the chief?
8: Yeah, chief. How are you doing? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for everything you do. Um, chief, you know, I, I know there's nothing, nobody better at a crisis in New York City, you know, with NYPD, FBI, JTTF, and um, ATF in this case. Are we? Does it look like we're still looking at a lone wolf situation here?
14: Well, as I said before, I think our immediate concern was to find this guy and get him off. Now we can literally, let's start backtracking and see where he was, how he got his money, how right. he paid for stuff, the forensics, the ballistics. We'll go through that whole background check. I mean, it's it's three days old. Uh, but the, our main focus on that day was getting this guy off the streets. So that all come together. As of right now, it, you know, it, it's anybody's guess why why somebody would literally go on a subway, pop smoke grenades, and, and just open up on innocent strapholders it, strap and is It's it's, it's uh, kind of boggles the mind.
8: Does, does it look like he's going to go federal at this point, or is that uh, still up
14: up yeah. in the air? Yeah, no, nah, he's uh going federal. We we have the federal charges. He was uh, uh arraigned by the US District Attorney.
2: Now Chief Essig, uh, uh you you saw there was a video. Of him on YouTube, he had a YouTube channel, Frank James, and one of the videos he's in Times Square. He's saying all of these horrific things. He wants to kill people. Are you frustrated as the NYPD that these videos weren't flagged, say, by the social media companies and then alert the NYPD? Because, I mean, you can't even play a video online if, say, there's a song without getting it banned or something, some sort of copyright infringement. And this guy was spewing all this hateful, racist stuff. Talking about Mayor Adams, this and that, and nothing came of it until now. Finally, all of his stuff has been taken down.
14: Yeah, uh, I mean, we see social media being used. You know, the gangs taunting each other. That's why we have gang shootings. Uh, you know, they're disrespecting online. You have people like him posting, uh, you know, vile, vile videos out there. Uh, I mean, social media. We all know we all use it. It's uh, advanced the society, uh, but. Uh you, you know, you've got people out there who they have a platform now when they use this.
4: Now, Chief, this is Curtis up. I noticed at your press conference you ran through a whole litany of crimes he had committed uh, while residing in New Jersey and New York. And yet he bought a gun, a legal gun in a pawn shop. Uh, they did a background check and they gave him the gun because he hadn't been convicted of a felony. Does that seem to jive with everything that uh, you've uh, researched?
14: Yes. uh, uh, Again, uh, he bought that gun in Ohio in 2011. He had uh, nine prior arrests in New York City, uh, no felony convictions. He had three arrests in New Jersey. Again, no felony convictions. So he purchased that gun legally in Ohio
3: uh chief one additional question now uh people are feeling uneasy going to the subways what can we do to make them feel at ease can we can we can we say we're going to have more police in in the transit more on every station more on every uh, uh train uh, because if we can't feel make the our listeners and make our uh our travelers feel safe we're in deep, dude.
14: No, no, a hundred percent, John. I, I'm sure everybody heard Mayor Adams, Commissioner Sewell, uh, uh, Chief Wilcox, the chief of Tran- transit. Uh, they're going to um, uniform police officers will be out there. I, I believe they talked about something about doubling the amount of uniforms out in transit. But they'd be, I'm sure, the commissioner. Uh, Chief of Department, mayor, they're going to come out with some transit plan in, in terms of e- uh, increasing the uniform staffing out there.
3: We now have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, uh, retired in the studio. Judge, you have a question? Good morning. One
11: of the big problems with respect to the uh, the subways for many years, the communication systems didn't work within the car. And there was a big disaster years ago in the high street station, if if you recall. And another problem was the cars are locked in between in between the cars. Another problem you have is and I have the greatest uh, respect for, for NYPD, you have a lot of the officers congregating upstairs rather than on the platforms and on the trains. And then when you go into Grand Central, you go into Penn Station, you go into Port Authority, which is obviously Port Authority uh police. You see them congregating, and that's a no-man's land. So what you need is— Well, maybe
3: they're scared to be by themselves. You know, it's it's a tough world out there.
11: So what they need to do, however, is they have to rethink the strategy about what they're doing because the signal for commuters is if you can't come into Grand Central or Penn Station or to Port Authority safely and then hop on the subway safely, it's going to kill the city of New York. This is a major existential threat to the city.
14: Yeah, uh... I mean, people have to feel safe. They want to see uniforms out out on the street, on the platforms. Uh, that'll make them feel safer using the system.
2: Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Chief Essig, for all that you do. And uh, just keeping New York City safe,
3: as always. Thank you so much, sir.
14: Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Thank, thank you. Chief.
3: Thank you for a great job. And thank you. Continue to do the great job the NYPD has always done. God bless you, and God bless New York. We need God's blessing. Thank you. Thanks, John.
2: You know, it's crazy. You were mentioning it, too, Curtis, on your overnight show, that the Lower East Side there, people were high five, And it gets pretty – it's a lot of socialists down there and progressives, or excuse me, regresses. And they were all ecstatic about getting this guy, Frank James, subway shooter, off the streets.
4: Well, you know, when uh, Zach and his two partners in there – and it's ironic, their security – a video camera system that they were putting into delis and grocery stores. And, and they
2: spotted him on their surveillance. And bodegas.
4: Yeah. They spotted him on their surveillance cameras and immediately <laughs> ran out into the street, flagged the cops down, said, he's right there, he's right there, he's right there. And really, these three guys should get the $50,000 prize.
3: Well, I, I hear the other rumor was that he turned himself in. Well, and this he is what happened. To collect the 50000 No, but this
4: is what happened. <laughs> He's in the McDonald's. He's probably ordering a happy meal because remember he had a credit card.
11: I say Big Mac. He's pretty fat. Wait, wait a minute. A he big, went to a, I heard he went to Katz's too. Is that he true? He went to he Katz's did. Deli. Well, he's hungry. Did he was in Chinatown. The, the best old kosher deli in town. The last. He's he you know,
2: bigger
4: than me. But <laughs> when he was in McDonald's, he called in. He said, "I'm here," and I'll bet you the nine one one operator thought it was a prank because I'm sure they were getting a lot of pranks. They didn't respond right away. So twenty <laughs> minutes later, guess what? They don't want me. I guess he just starts walking they put out. Him, they put
3: him on hold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you, you.
2: I don't know. Like you say, John, is it better to laugh or to cry? Well, but
4: this he, is a great story. Zach is a Syrian immigrant. He speaks five languages. Uh, his partner, Syrian immigrant, they probably came we'll over. Put him
3: in charge of cameras for the MTA, right?
4: And then you know,
3: we'll buy it for ten percent of the price that the MTA is paying.
4: But I think Monday. You know, once the mayor is better, when he's gotten over his COVID-19, they should give him the keys to the city, have a big ceremony at City Hall. Because when they were walking down 2nd Avenue, and I used to live there, Avenue A, St. Mark's, very liberal, very progressive, very socialist. The people were high-fiving them. Yeah, you got him, you got him.
11: Curtis, you know the uh, definition of uh, a liberal. Somebody hasn't been
3: mugged yet. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, uh, that's why I also say that guy that saved that pregnant woman, him too. He deserves it. Yes, he's absolutely. A, he's a, You're a, right. Well. When we
3: break uh, for the news uh, at 8.05, I think we have. Well, we break, have so we to do it at, at the top Mark. of the hour. Stay tuned for Dr. Mark Siegel, and he's always entertaining. We are New York.
0: early and in the morning. Talk Radio
1: 77. W. E. 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 E.
3: I love that song. Peter King, where are you? I hope you're listening. (laughs) Now, why are we playing this song? We're playing
2: this song because a cop messaged me. I won't say who, but he's Irish clearly by his last name. And he said that the NYPD does give the cops cell phones. It takes the place of the old memo books and is used to share info and basically have a job-issued computer in their pockets. But obviously, they also carry their own phones, and they are on them way too much. So there you have it. Yeah, I, the, maybe they got to keep the personal phones. Curtis, you, you're onto something.
4: Yeah, well, maybe it,
2: you should have run for office or something.
4: Yeah, I, I did, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> who, knew? I, who knew?
3: Who knew? Who knew? maybe you should have run. Right. <laughs> twenty thirteen. I ran twenty thirteen. Twenty twenty one. Who did and better? Now we have who did Wiener. better? Anthony Weiner, two thousand
4: That's right. And he would have won if he stayed out of trouble.
3: You're right. He, he would have won.
4: won. <laughs> but the whole thing is, there are pictures now circulating on a lot of websites showing the cops with their heads down, buried into their iPhones, smartphones, cell phones. It's becoming so noticeable to so many people who ride mass transit. They're going to have to stop them because the optics are horrible, are horrible. And you can't be paying attention if all of a sudden you're updating your Facebook or your Instagram or you're sexting or texting. No, no, no. You, you can't be doing that.
2: Well, I know where we talk about the border crisis and the drug crisis and the crime crisis. But according to the Biden administration, this is the biggest threat now facing our democracy. Just to remind everybody, number 10. Number 10. Clip 10. Uh, that's the
3: Biden sleeping. And the bigger <laughs> story. In
1: everyone's mind now. <laughs> will <laughs> Musk's newfound Twitter power. That's not it. Trump. We'll be back. No, clip 10. Clip 10.
3: That's not
2: clip 10. And on that. All right. It was basically this is just so sad to
16: hear because. OK, forget it, forget it. Forget, forget. That's forget not about it. Forget about it. Let's
3: get Dr. Mark Siegel. He's been waiting on his own. You know, i, I <laughs> I'm I'm Biden saying that the biggest 10. threat
2: was white supremacy. Oh, my God.
3: Do we have Dr. Mark Siegel on? Yeah, yeah, I'm here to replace clip 10. Okay. Thank
11: you. We're moving up, Doctor. We're moving uh, up. Got
3: local, we got so the normal gang. So
11: we have the is, 5 o'clock gang has taken right. over. This is the, cats in the morning. Yeah.
3: we in we, we the fi, The cats 5, five o'clock gang has taken over Bernie and Sid spot. <laughs> this was a takeover by surprise. They never knew what happened. <laughs> so
16: th- this is because Sid Rosenberg is becoming a film star of gangster movies, and they should be going to Casamitidis for this. I think you look more like a gangster
3: than him. (laughs) I I think I'm going to buy a movie studio. What do you think? Yeah, then you can put
2: yourself in the movies. There you go. Sid is Jewish, and yet he plays all of the uh, Italian gangsters. Is that cultural appropriation? Should he be canceled for that?
16: Well, I have to tell you, since I'm Jewish too, Lydia, I can reveal this without uh, being caused by called bias. But I think there's a lot of Jews in the mafia. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And so Sid is just following in a long t- tradition. Let's not forget Bugsy Siegel. I mean, he, he appropriated my name, and he did <laughs> a lot of <laughs> damage with it.
11: Yeah, and Meyer Lansky, he and Luciano exactly.
3: formed the modern-day mafia. Isn't that correct, doctor? And who's the exactly. guy in Las Vegas? There's, there's yeah. Yeah. Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy. Bugsy Siegel, right. And, and, and George, you were the FBI. How many of these guys you tracked down?
8: I, don't know, I can't talk about it. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> The Jews
8: control the money.
3: Dr.
2: Siegel, (laughs) they're talking about lifting Title 42 as a Trump-era policy, which would basically not allow certain migrants to come in based on health reasons. Yes,
3: the ones that are going to vote Republican are not allowed to come (laughs) in. That's the health reason.
2: Exactly. If you come from Cuba because you might vote Republican, you're not allowed in.
3: If you come from – Mexico or South, right? No, or no, no, no. We're, we're, uh, where we're fighting the war, Ukraine. Oh, yeah, you can't come because in. Because you hate communists, you're not allowed into the United so States. right? He, he, Biden would only allow 100,000 of them in the United States because he's afraid you're going to vote Republican. And, so, I, you know, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm a middle-of-the-road person, and I can see the lies. I can see what's happening.
2: So, Dr. Siegel, are we going to see a spike now? And this is an influx of migrants. Every time we open the borders, we see diseases, and they proliferate throughout the country.
16: I agree with what's been said about public health inconsistency and that when you see it, you think politics. And one of the things that I wrote about this in the New York Post today with Robert Redfield, former head of CDC, which is, you know, how come we're opening the borders and not using Title 42 anymore, even though the the stations, the customer border protection stations are no better at surveillance, they're overcrowded, there's the same problems as before. But meanwhile, we're removing masks, we're not removing mask mandates on planes. So in other words, you can't fly here legally into the United States without a mask, but you can waltz in illegally with no mask or anything through the southern border. It's crazy. That is the same crazy. CDC, so that's the inconsistency.
2: Yeah, when we saw that um, DeSantis, or no, it wasn't DeSantis, who was it? It was Abbott, Abbott. that they bust all of the migrants to DC as they're coming off of the bus, they're not wearing masks.
16: Well, and that's the thing, and it, it, it's, you know, there's a long tradition in the United States, not only of allowing in immigrants, you know, uh, people like me and Casimitidis came in here, right? But meanwhile, we came in legally. But you know what? Our families were also screened for diseases when they came in. And that's a key thing. They famously sent a lot of people back who they thought might have tuberculosis. So it's correct for any country to be doing that. That's not a political thing. That's a medical thing. And I think that the use of Title 42 during the heart of the pandemic saved a lot of lives, actually, even though it was a political hotbed. And I don't see removing it at this point. That's the one mandate I probably would keep in place. The others are problematic because they've had a lot of resistance. There's a lot of non-compliance. There's people wearing masks half off on planes, people that are extending their meals they're eating for hours so that they don't have to wear them at all. Where's the public health uh, measure that, that shows any sense or consistency there?
2: And, Dr. Siegel, where is the public health crisis regarding drug overdoses? I saw the CDC said we have another high. I, last year they were predicting, what they say, 100, over 100,000? I think that's underreported. Why, why are well, we not with the san-
3: fentanyl, the, the DEA agent that we had on uh, uh, a couple, a couple weeks ago, George, what yeah, was his name? Maltz. Derek Maltz. Derek Maltz. Derek Maltz. Derek Maltz and uh, he says 100,000 Americans were poisoned, killed, whatever you want to call it, from that mexican chinese at the, we at keep hearing n-
2: about george you just yeah. said it's famous people that are overdosing that yeah. you're like w- over one hit uh, dr siegel are you hearing the same thing about just you how are
16: abs- you yeah. are absolutely right lydia and everything that was just said you are uh, it is underreported it's an enormous problem fentanyl most of which is manufactured in china makes its way to mexico it's 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine is it comes in through the southern border. It's leaked onto other other illicit drugs like cocaine, where people think they're getting cocaine and they're getting fentanyl, and they stop breathing. We don't have the antidote, naloxone or Narcan, readily available. It's not out there. We don't have the emergency personnel on the streets that we had. That got scaled back during the pandemic. We don't have the mental health workers we need to handle the substance abuse crisis. All of this tracing back to the idea that people got very depressed, from the lack of mobility. You know, none of that was looked at. Remote learning, all of this fed into substance abuse. Curtis, so how bad enormous, is it in the streets? We have enormous tip of the iceberg here you're Cur- talking
3: about. Curtis, how bad is it in the streets? Oh,
4: it's very bad, but you got to understand, a drug user wants fentanyl because it's a bigger high. So they'll actually go to their dealers and say, do you have fentanyl? Do you have cocaine-laced fentanyl, drugs laced with fentanyl? When I was recovering from chronic Crohn's disease, I was on fentanyl, and I was on morphine when I got shot five times with hollow-point bullets. When Margo, fentanyl is a stronger painkiller than morphine.
3: When Margo got released after her back operation, they gave her fentanyl. Yeah. And Judge yeah, Weinberg, know. Judge Weinberg, you, you had to court on Fifty uh, Fourth Street. Well, I had two courts. I had the uh,
11: Midtown Community Court where we had drug programs, and mo- and more significantly, I had the Special Narcotics Court for the whole for the whole city. And there's a real crisis. And as Dr. Siegel knows, part of the problem is you have this connection between uh, homelessness and and drug addiction, and that we do not have enough centers and hospitals to cure and take care of of the people, and you couldn't get them into uh, get them into programs, which is why. Dr. Siegel, I'd like your thoughts on it. I think we have to use Rikers in an intelligent way and start using that as hospital centers to get treatment for these folks and to give them housing there rather than keeping them in the neighborhoods. What think you
16: You know, that's a terrific idea, Judge. It actually is going on in Rhode Island. It's not as much theoretical as you think. The Rhode Island prison system is terrific. It's geared towards substance abuse. It's geared towards... Using using prisons as a place to reform and it's working in Rhode Island now. It's a different it's a different uh, socioeconomic situation, but I'm incredibly impressed with it. And it's also combined with the medical center at Brown. I, I think we could involve medical schools and involve. I mean, there's under teaching of this problem in medical schools we need to use more suboxone or buprenorphine which is a which is a, an opioid antagonist to curtis's point he made a great point that i've never even heard before it's not just my point that people are being fooled and getting fentanyl. There's also a use for it. This drug was actually created for cancer treatment, and it and it and it is so powerful that actually drug seekers are also looking for it. But then it also, the biggest problem is people that get it that they don't know they're getting it. They think they're getting something else.
4: Yeah, they'll give you a fentanyl patch that can take the pain away. Uh, it's just you have to follow the way it's prescribed. And the problem is, doctor, as you know, people end up, Self-medicating beyond what the prescription is, and then that's when they develop a habit. And it's very easy to develop a habit towards fentanyl, I can tell you. It, you don't feel any pain. And so naturally, you're feeling really good, and other drug addicts will say, yeah, I felt really great. Where can I get that stuff? And that's why it's such a popular drug.
2: And these people, they, they're they slowly committing suicide on the streets to begin with. They don't care if they don't wake up again. But nobody's talking about that. Nobody – they don't care. They'd rather see them decay on the streets than get them the help they need. Why not build a hospital on Rikers? Like John said, why not have a tent hospital? Healthcare workers, get them the substance abuse that they need, the follow-up care. You can't just – And you know what? Sometimes, Dr. Siegel, you can probably attest to it. Sometimes people need to get into this in order to get the help they need. They need to be they need to hit that rock bottom.
16: You know, and that's something that we've had some experience with in New York in a positive way. You know how the the Los Angeles and San Francisco situations regarding homelessness are just horrible. And we, we have a homelessness problem here. The reason it isn't as bad as it is in California is because we built the shelter system. And when the shelter system was built, and the Bellevue shelter is a great example of that, everyone said it wouldn't work. It's not going to get people off the street. There's an ingrained culture that can't be touched. People want to freeze in a cardboard box on 24th Street. Actually, no. If you, if you, this is your point, Lydia. If you build the services, people will come. And if the word gets out, that it's not hostile to you, but it's more warming and you warm, more welcoming, and you can get a warm bed or a cot and a, and a hot meal, people will come. Word of mouth spreads. We need to do that with substance abuse, absolutely. But you also
11: have, doctor, you also have the whole issue of, uh, of the mentally ill on the streets as well, and a lot of those folks don't realize or won't accept uh, that they need help, and that's a big problem too. You remember the Billy Boggs situation during Ed Koch's mayoralty? where everybody said she had a constitutional right to live on the streets?
16: Yeah, that, well, at least one-third of all people living on the streets have, have chronic mental illness like schizophrenia, and that, that that is an enormous problem. In In California, you add to that the people that are out of work or the people that are out of housing, <laughs> and, and it, it becomes an absolutely snowballing problem. But to your point, we can't get the homelessness problem truly addressed until we treat the mental illness.
3: Thank you Dr. Siegel for calling in and uh it's always fun to talk to you and you always uh add a lot of uh, uh good things to uh to our uh Vocabulary discussion. discussion. John, John discussion. I
16: understand you're getting a call from Hollywood next, so I don't know who's going to be doing this show next. No, week. no,
3: no. It's Good Friday. I'm getting a call from up above someplace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not, not too soon.
16: <laughs> not no, too no, soon. No, to no, 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 don't,
1: no, don't scare me like that. that. No, don't
2: scare <laughs> me <laughs> like that. Come you're on.
1: Just
11: checking out. Yeah. <laughs> <just>
3: checking
11: <laughs> in what? Not anyways, checking, checking out. out. Yeah, checking, checking in. Yeah. Checking in. Not
3: checking out. Okay. Thank you, Doctor Siegel, and we'll we'll catch up again. Happy
16: Easter. Happy. Thank you,
3: and happy Passover. And we we have another good friend of mine calling you. Okay. You know, the markets being the way we they have lots are. lots of friends. The good news is the stock market can't go down today. Is it closed? Well, they're telling me we got
2: a break first. Let's take the break. Okay. Take the break and we'll come back with your friend.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: You know this song?
3: I, I know definitely you're, you're at least 30 years younger than me. What's this? Okay, we're going to play. She's 30 it. years younger than us, Curtis. She is. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. And at least 30 years younger than Judge Weinberg. Yeah. And, who's and, who's uh, not? Ten God, ten who's only not? 20. This is more money, more problems. They're no. 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 Look, they're no. dancing no. No. in the aisles of yeah, yeah, WABC. They're are dancing. Yeah. They're, this is breaking news. The staff is dancing in the aisles of WABC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: dancing,
3: dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to see that on the Olympic Airlines commercials. W-A- See how old I am when Aristotle Onassis used to own it? That's right. With the Golby sound. Is this Dick Clark's American bandstand? Is that what we have here? No, 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 no. You got to tune in to Cousin Brucie and uh, uh, at uh, what? uh, Every Saturday between 6 and 10, Cousin Brucie. Now, I understand Frank Moreno is at the crap table in Atlantic City. Oh, yeah.
4: Three-day extravaganza. I I gave him
3: the day off because he was telling me he's going to church good Friday. Well, he that can't. Is, a, that, that is, is his church. But
4: but that now, is John, his church. He can't, he can't figure out what he is. He was born a Catholic. Now he's a wannabe Catholic and Episcopalian. Then I, he said he's a Methodist.
3: And his wife is Jewish. Ju- I just want to know if the UFOs are landing in New Jersey again, <laughs> who is going to be around to report
4: it? Exactly. But remember, he does such a good job promoting Atlantic City. The
3: other side of midnight. Yes. Now, you do it Saturdays and Sundays and today, tonight, too, on the other other side of midnight.
4: Right. Now, that's what you call it. And I like that one better than what Frank calls it. He says, <laughs> another side of midnight.
3: <laughs> and I like John's better. Yeah. The other other side of midnight. Exactly. The other <laughs> other. Now, do we have uh, my we friend? We do. We uh, do. That's why I
1: wanted
2: to play the song, More Money, More Problems. Well, but I'd rather have more money, well, and I'll, right I'll take now, the problems. Uh,
3: we have a good friend of mine <laughs> on. He's uh, uh, an investment uh, uh, banker or b- investment whatever. He'll tell us. He's got a lot of money, and got a lot of money. And and and, <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, uh, the good news is the market cannot go down today. It's closed. <laughs> <laughs> With us uh, today is uh, Paul Lunces, a good friend. How are you, Paul?
17: I'm great, John. Thank you for having me.
3: Tell us, how would you describe yourself? You invest a lot of money for a lot of good friends of us, and uh, describe yourself.
17: Yeah, Launces Asset Management, John, LLC, we're an SEC-registered investment advisor. We're headquartered in Pennsylvania, but I live and work out of New York City and have for the last seven years. And we basically manage customized portfolios. We buy individual securities, both stocks and various fixed-income securities for clients, and we customize those portfolios for the specific needs and goals of each client.
3: Paul, give us the pulse of the market. Uh, you know, it's been a roller coaster lately. Uh, you know, it's up one day, down the next day. Uh, what would you advise uh, uh, people out there, and all New Yorkers, all Americans, to do? I mean, America is America, uh, even though what Washington is trying to shoot down America every day. Washington, instead of of standing by America, uh, what do you what do you feel?
17: I think, John, given what's going on, particularly the very volatile first quarter. I think volatility is here to stay. The market's going to be going up and down. It's going to remain volatile for the foreseeable future. There's a confluence of factors that are impacting that. Inflation of 8.5%, which came out April 12th. The Fed's reducing their balance sheet by 95 billion a month, as opposed to buying mortgage-backed securities and and treasuries, raising interest rates, which is the Fed's involved in doing now. May they're supposed to go probably 50 basis points, maybe to get to two, two and a half percent by year end. So, you know, I think the Russia-Ukrainian crisis is is another uh, issue. Um, so there's, you know, supply chain issues, the COVID reemergence in China. There's all these factors that are really, really impacting how people view investing.
3: And, uh, I mean, the prices of, uh, of uh, food is going up. The prices of clothing is going up. Everything is going up. Now, the problem could be solved very easily by opening up North America and getting more energy and more crude oil to the people and bring down the price of, uh, of, of gasoline, uh, nobody can figure out why we're not doing it.
17: That's a, that's a really good point, John. Uh, energy accounted for a disproportionate share of the increase in inflation, and it seems to be, as you're describing, self-inflicted. Um, I don't know why we're relying on foreigners. Not only is it an economic issue impacting our country, you know, employment and and so forth, but it's also a national security issue. And so I, I, I just don't understand. I agree with you 100%. I don't understand why we are not encouraging more drilling, the Keystone Pipeline, bringing that in. It would do so much good for our economy in so many ways.
3: And. They chose the other path, of raising interest rates because of inflation. Instead of, instead of bringing the prices down, raise the interest rates. And the 30-year uh, mortgage is over 5% already. How bad is that going to hurt the real estate markets?
17: Well, you can see, John, already in the bank earnings. Uh, J.P. Morgan came out uh, on Wednesday and then yesterday, Wells, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley and U.S. Bank and others. The mortgage origination business in all those collectively is down about 30%, some a little higher, some a little lower mortgage rates, the 30-year fix, which is really the bellwether, has gone from 2.65% to, you know, 5% plus. It's going to really significantly impact housing. Housing prices, because we've underbuilt by five and a half to six million homes since 08-09, there's just no inventory around the country. And so prices have escalated in many parts of the country. I've been to North Carolina recently and Florida and Georgia. Prices are up 40, 50, 60%. So you take the elevated price of residential homes, and then you throw in an additional increase in interest rates, I don't know how you avoid it from really having a very, very significant negative impact on housing.
11: Judge Weinberg? Paul, it's uh, Richard Weinberg. Good morning. What I want to ask you is this. In terms of uh, consumer sentiment, when people's houses' value goes up, they feel flush and they buy. Does that – and when it goes down, they – they're less flush in their sentiment, and they, they buy less. How, so when the real estate goes down, the value is perceived to go down, how does that impact investing in the stock market?
17: Well, I think, I think, Judge, it's great speaking with you. I think it, it really impacts how people think about the world. As rates have come down and, and, and asset prices everywhere have escalated, stock prices, the stock market, residential real estate, many, many other areas are just booming. There's just so much money out there, and that's partly because the Fed has kept rates so low so long. But there's very, very few places to find things that are very, very attractively priced. Um, but consumer sentiment, when the price – when the value of your home goes down, it really impacts how you look at the world, and it impacts how people feel.
18: Depression. Like the, it makes yeah, you feel
17: just, bad. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a real challenge for the Fed, and I don't know how they get out of this by lower – you know, by raising interest rates they're walking a very very fine line by raising interest rates and trying to stop demand to reduce inflation. It, how do they pre-
3: it will how stop do they prevent building a recession. It will stop building new homes, it will stop uh, buying of new homes and people are going to wait uh for 2% interest rates again. And guess what? It's not, not happening. happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. George Venizelos, you had a, you had a
8: question. Yeah. Hey Paul, it's George Venizelos, How are you? Great. But, Paul, when I when I started in the FBI as a new age in 91, it was, you know, I was up in Boston, signed to Boston, and Boston was coming off the the real estate crisis where where the, the real estate market collapsed um, because of stuff like this where, yeah, everybody, the prices have gotten so high, and with these rates start going up too high, it, it won't be long where the, the risk is that your mortgage should be higher than what your house is worth, you know. Um Have we gotten smarter in in the bank industry so we don't have this risk again?
17: Yeah, that's a great question, George. Yes, I, I agree, though, George, but we are in a much, much better position despite the concerns we've all raised. The consumer, in general, is in a much, much better position. The no-doc, low-doc loans, the unethical behavior from mortgage originators and credit underwriting at banks, etc. Consumers are in far, far better financial shape, and banks have doubled the capital or more that they had in 08-09. So the dilemma that occurred or the d- devastation that occurred – back in 06, 07, leading to the disaster in 08, 09. I don't foresee that occurring again. I just don't. Banks have much higher FICO scores. They're much more difficult to borrow from. They're being much, much more careful. They do remember what happened in 08, 09. So I don't foresee that occurring. But I do, I am concerned that with rates rising, it's the rapidity and magnitude of the increases that's really the challenge. And with houses having risen and appreciated so much, a lot of people are really going to be shut out. And the implication of that is rents are going through the roof because people can't afford to buy homes, so it's significantly increasing rents. I think rents are up 20% plus uh, or more. And in many markets, they're up 25 and 30%.
11: Paul, there's another, there's another problem. The, the, uh, as you recall, the Community Reinvestment Act is one of the proximate causes of the housing crisis because the, the politicians in Washington forced the banks to make these, to make these loans. And they seem to have forgotten that because there's now sentiment to try to do that again in Washington to, in the name of so called affordable housing. What think you?
17: Judge, that's a really great point. Back in the early, mid-90s, Barney Frank and others really were pushing Freddie and Fannie, which had such a significant impact in in, in housing and in lending. They really, really encouraged them to do what you just described. And the reality was home ownership went from the low, mid-60s to almost 70%. And the reality was a lot of people were buying homes that shouldn't be buying homes, and so it, it was all along, it was the, it was the buyers, it was the, the banks that were lending the money, it was the mortgage originators, it was the appraisers. Um, if that continues, that could really precipitate some very, very big challenges again, Judge, if that, if that continues along that path. You shouldn't be buying a home if you don't meet the typical credit scores and you don't have the income. And, and, and Congress
11: should not be forcing
3: banks to make bad loans. Yes that, and, they, and then and then, and then they are holding them accountable. uh well, I'm going let Curtis Sliwa, a person who's never going to buy a home,
4: <laughs> never never <laughs> going to buy a
3: home, he doesn't want to leave the west Side. he doesn't want to leave his cats. that's what
1: he,
3: I mean, what, what where else can you have a cat house?:
1: <laughs> You're right
3: <laughs> we can Curtis could build you could take a three-story home. And put the 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 cats on the first two stories, and uh, you can write it off as a cat house.
4: Well, many of you, <laughs> I know I know people laugh at me, but many of you are going to have to scale down. I live in a three hundred and twenty eight square foot apartment with my wife Nancy, How many and cats eighteen starters? rescue cats, but. The rents are going up for that, too. Up, up, up. Everything's going up. Your poor
3: landlord and your neighbors. Paul Luntz, thank you so much for coming on and and giving the pulse to the um, New Yorkers and the American people. And we'll catch up with you again real soon.
17: Thank you, John. Have a blessed Easter,
3: everybody. Thank you. And uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, you never know, we might have Dr. Peter Michalos. Talk Radio 77,
0: WABC.
2: You know
3: this song, John? I mean, you I have, I have Lydia, to play you're this. you younger than
11: me. <laughs> This doesn't sound like you're, Frank Sinatra.
3: You know, Keep it going. your father is younger than me.
2: No, my dad is born in
3: 1939.
2: Okay. It's, it's Radioactive by Imagine Dragons because we're going to talk to Dr. Peter Mikolo, so I figured we got to talk about like.
3: Radioactive? I don't know. <laughs> I just like the song. Dr. Actually. Peter Mihalos, <laughs> our in-house genius at the WABC and uh, keeping, keeping millions apocalypse. of people alive that of our listeners. And you know, you know why we're increasing listeners? They listen to Dr. Mihalos and nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what's, what's, what's the tip of the day that we're, we're going to live to be 110?
18: well uh well the first thing is eat less and uh intermittent fasting only between noon and eight but today i just wanted to follow up and talk about uh, my experiences working on rikers island when i was a young student paying back my medical school loans and i just wanted to talk about how uncompassionate uh, the current bail reform is right now and a lot of these problems started back with governor Kerry when he started closing the inpatient psychiatric hospitals and the reality is that uh the street drugs are better than the current prescription drugs and the treatment programs. And that's one of the problems that nobody really talks about because they just don't uh, work as well. And one of the suggestions I had with Rikers Island, in addition to um, having the uh, a hospital that would be inpatient and outpatient right on Rikers Island, it's also to have the court system right there on Rikers Island where inmates now sometimes have to, you have to get two officers, you have to chain them, shackle them, transporting them, and they're complaining about shortages of staff at Rikers, it would solve it overnight. That's
11: absolutely right, Doctor. The court. Absolutely correct. That,
18: yeah, you we we waste so many resources, millions of dollars transporting people back and forth just for an appearance ticket, for example, or, or just a brief visit where they can just walk over to another building. It doesn't have to be anything exotic or fancy. It could be also a drug court as well, because that's another big problem with the Rikers population. In addition uh, what they're doing, and for example, in Suffolk County, the amazing job that Sheriff Toulon does is also giving people technical training. There's a lot of room on Rikers, and one of the buildings could also be a technical school where people can get carpentry skills, auto mechanic skills, and even have a handyman certificate program to make people employable when they exit. And that's happening actually in Suffolk County, and we should be doing that. Inside Rikers, closing Rikers and spreading it out into communities will destroy those communities. It's one of
11: it's one of the worst ideas ever to come out of the progressive left. You have yeah, you have the absolutely. land, you have the buildings, you have the facilities. You're absolutely right, and you can give them integrated vertical no friend, services.
3: Judge uh, Lipman, Lipman, a nice man, smart man, but in this particular case, he's 110 wrong. And we debated him on this on this show and
11: catch at night, and we pointed out to Jonathan why he was wrong because you have to have. Integrated services. You also have a security problem, Doctor, when you're moving people back and forth. Not just the expense, but the security. And we should have
3: a, the other thing we said to uh, Eric Adams and to Frank Corone, his chief of staff, uh, is maybe we should have a courthouse at Rikers Island. You guys are making too much sense. Yep. You got to stop that. Well, stop, stop with the, the common been sense. Saying
2: that a long time stop. Too. We only want and stupid, radical ideas that embolden uh, our us. Run for the <laughs> city <laughs> council. Stop.
11: No, 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 no. Let me call the White, stop <laughs> House. This, this <laughs> call the White
3: House. Stop this. Call the White House. We need some stupid, uh, <laughs> but we need stupid ideas. We got Curtis Slema here. Come on, Come on Curtis. Doctor, Come I'm the,
4: on. I'm the only person here in this room who's actually been locked up on Riker's Island <laughs> a few times.
11: And you earned it.
4: And you earned but it. But I, I remember that years ago. the medical staff would always be left alone because the inmates understood the medical staff... Uh, Sometimes it was a life-saving device for them. Now, when I talk to doctors and nurses on Rikers Island, they're terrified of the inmates so that they can't provide adequate medical care for them. Some of them who have had uh, Omicron, you know, have had uh, uh, COVID-19, and now you have this uh, new uh, variant that's out. I'm wondering... How do you get control of, the, of the, the medical health of the inmates when, in fact, the inmates control the asylum? They control. The correctional officers no longer control Rikers Island. It's controlled by the gangs.
18: Because you need uh, proper staffing is very important. And, and another thing that well, you guys touched upon earlier was why the police uh, congregate, because they're afraid. They're afraid of being ambushed. And one of the things that uh, we can get out is one of the things that they used to do back in Rikers. We never had an issue with I can't breathe. Why? Because they never put anybody face down. They used to have a one foot zip tie. And when you arrest somebody and you put them down, you put that one zip tie on the ankles and you put people on their side. And you'll never, ever have another incident where somebody can't breathe or will die because a lot of these people on drugs and people on fentanyl already have a breathing problem. So that's a trick that, uh, that if people started doing in New York when they arrest people, because now people are afraid that they can't use certain holds or restraints. So what they used to do, and I saw it very effectively when an inmate want- refused to move from one cell to another, They used to have this one, the reason people put people face down, because on their back, they can kick you, and the strongest muscles in the body are the leg muscles, and you can really hurt somebody if you kick them. But once you put that zip tie on, you lie them on the side, I guarantee you that you will never have another I can't breathe incident again in this country. It's a very simple, and it costs 25 cents to do. So if anybody's listening out there who has the authority to do that, then officers won't be as afraid. To try to arrest somebody or put them down because you're going to lose your pension. You're going to be accused of uh, some uh, restraint. Meanwhile, Dr. Mikolo, stop
2: with the bad. good ideas. You have to stop. <laughs> well, These well, are so W-A-B-C brilliant, cost effective, great, great ideas, I mean, and they don't want to hear them.
4: They now, don't doctor, want to hear them. Doctor, we're seeing uh, scenes like we've never seen before from mainland China. Shanghai, a city of 25 million in total lockdown, people are fighting now the police, the uh, authorities. And did you
2: see they're killing their pets, too? Yes. They're gathering
16: up all their cats and dogs and and just killing them. How can they?
18: Yes. Why do they do that? The reason they do that, the same thing in California. They do lockdowns based on number of ICU beds. Why does New Zealand lockdown? Because in socialized medicine, they have one bed for every half a million people. So it would expose the weaknesses of the socialized medicine systems. If you let people out, there'd be people dying in the streets and outside hospitals. So the only way they can handle it because it exposes the weakness of socialized medicine is lock everybody down. Then people aren't going to be flooding the hospitals and it'll look really bad For any country, whether it's China or New Zealand or even England, they go into radical lockdowns and they just keep following and tracking the number of people who are getting sick. And that's why it's really done, because it exposes, you know, people think China's communist. They don't have a healthcare system. If you don't have money, you die. If you need dialysis, you die. There's no there's no uh, public system. Look it up.
11: Doctor, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg, and I want to ask you, do you know about that uh, political fight that's now going on between uh, the FDA and the the Centers for Medicare and Medicare uh, compliance where that center is now second-guessing the FDA in terms of the Alzheimer's drugs? Are you aware of that?
18: Yeah, there's constant conflict because they're looking at the uh, data and a lot of times they don't really want to pay for any of it. And the reality is that a lot of these drugs help a little bit, but none of them are doing a great job. The real way to address these problems is to address aging as a disease. And when we can do things to slow our aging down, you'll see less Alzheimer's, less cardiovascular disease. And that's what countries that are addressing aging more as a disease, that's the only way to actually address these problems and, and decrease them. And uh, that's why these uh, a lot of these drugs right now, we don't really have anything great. The interesting thing is there are vaccines being worked on. Actually, Peter Diamandis, the guy who started the X Prize and came out with his new book, Life Force with Tony Robbins, they're actually working on a vaccine to attack these misfolded proteins that are involved in Alzheimer's. Wouldn't it be great if we can have vaccines? And that's one of the things that might come out that's good out of the mRNA When uh, John and I were at an event where Albert Bourla was honored, he mentioned that within the next two, three years, there could be vaccines even for breast cancer and pancreatic cancer. And actually, there could be an Alzheimer's vaccine, too, in the next few years. So a lot of great things happening. And hopefully, we won't have these controversies about these drugs that work sort of so-so.
3: All right, uh Peter Dr. Peter Mihalosa stay on the phone uh we have a good friend of ours on uh we have uh Rabbi uh, uh, Potashnik why we play some Rab- habi nagila no, for, for Yeah a but bit it's, uh, it's passive uh Rabbi uh rabbi uh, Hi, john thank you for coming on and happy passover and but we, me and you are not having a happy passover cuz we lost a good friend of ours and, and he's also a friend a good friend of dr mihalos and good friend of judge weinberg that's here right now uh, tell us about our our friend that we lost yesterday and... charlie temmel
5: thank you thank you john thank you for remembering charlie temmel thank you to all of you you know we often say that uh Everyone is, no one is irreplaceable. Everybody's replaceable. That's not true. You don't replace many people who are very special to us. Charles, One of those individuals who was a proud Jew and stood up for his people, stood up for all people, uh, tremendous backbone. Uh, his mother is a Holocaust survivor uh, and taken from us suddenly. Uh, so here we are when families celebrate together, being together, and now we're looking at the loss and an empty chair so to speak, at the Seder table.
11: Well, Charlie, Rabbi, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Charlie was just yeah. a remarkable, remarkable guy. He had this ability to bring people of all races and religions together. He was a bridge builder. He made this, uh, this city and this country a far better place. When you lose people like, like Charlie, you lo- really lose some of the best that we have in this life.
5: You know what I find very often, Judge, that when people – proudly stand up for their own they also recognize the need to stand up for others as well uh so charlie i remember being with him once at the polish consulate and he was talking about the horrors uh, that his family had endured during the holocaust and i'm a child of survivors and i could relate to those stories but he had no problem talking about our responsibility the moral mandate we have to make sure that never again doesn't have a question mark after it, it has an exclamation mark. And he was visible and vocal at all the different events. You would see him marching in the Salute to Israel parade. But he would very comfortable marching in parades, celebrating other heritage. John, you know, he'd be very good with the Greek Orthodox. He,
3: he was a great man. I mean, I yeah, when you, yeah. you called me yesterday afternoon to tell me I had tears in my eyes, I tell you. We're brokenhearted about
11: Charlie. He, he used to have breakfast with us uh, every in the, Saturday Every Saturday and the half. Along with
3: Dr. Michalos. That's right.
11: Uh, right. That's right. Yeah. right. Remarkable, remarkable person.
5: I would see him at the, the PAL luncheons. And uh, John, he came there because he supported the cause, but he also was very comfortable being with all of you. When you walk into that room and you see all these different representatives of the many faces, and say, here we are. Here comes everybody. We're all one family, and Charlie was a representative of that spirit. And again, we're going to miss him. He's a big loss for for the community.
3: Doctor Michalos, uh, you knew uh, Charlie Timo very well. Anything to say? Did we lose uh, Doctor Michalos? He,
18: he was a gentleman. Yes, he was a gentleman, and he was very knowledgeable. And he would always update us and educate us on uh, different issues around the world with. Uh, Jewish and Christian persecution. And he uh, always had some very interesting historical information and would refresh our memories. And uh, I always said with Charlie was around, he always reminded us to remember our past to protect the future. And uh, we're all going to miss Charlie at our Saturday morning breakfast and uh, our condolences.
5: You know, as I'm listening, John and Dr. Judge, I you know, with the seder table, we taste the bitter herbs, but we have a responsibility also to take a sweet mixture of the you know the wine, the apples, and nuts, and combine it with the uh, the bitter herbs because what we say is that life is not all bitter, it's not all sweet, it's bittersweet. And I think when we reflect on the life of Charlie Tamil, we recognize, yes, today we taste the bitterness, but looking at all he did, he did more in the years given to him than some people do in many more years. Uh, there was a lot of sweetness as well, so it's a bittersweet moment,
2: Rabbi. It's almost like you're a Rabbi or something. How beautifully you speak! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
3: you can listen. Rabbi. You can listen to the Rabbi every Saturday, Sunday morning if you need a little bit of religion between Rabbi uh, Potashnik and Ar Bernard at seven o'clock every uh, Sunday morning, right after Curtis. Hey. Curtis ends at six, and they're also
2: funny. That show is also funny. I listen to
1: it. Judge Weinberg is on. I'm on. You're on me. I'm on six to seven. Judge Weinberg, and then we have
3: Rabbi Prokashnik, and then <laughs> we have somebody else called Catch Roundtable. After that,
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're warm up for Catch Roundtable, but you know, John, keep up the ratings,
3: otherwise, you know, you, you make my life miserable. <laughs>
5: But let me tell you something, John. Look what you've done. You've taken the radio station to a different level where you have, have all this diverse programming. So you can tune in and say, I'm learning on this program. I'm learning on that. This, I agree with this. I don't agree with There's room for everything.
3: If you need religion, you talk to, to Rabbi Patashnik. <laughs> if you need right. to, to live to be 100, you listen to Dr. Peter Michalos.
5: All right. But you can have both, right? Dr. You can have, have both. Religious, you can relive. Moses lived to 120. With inflation today, that would probably be 135. For sure.
3: But Biden is not going to tell us that Putin did that. <laughs> it's the Jewish people that did 120.
5: So wait a minute. Are you telling me, John, it's a non-Jewish doctor that's coming out with these uh, inventions here? <laughs> he's Dr.
3: Greek. Dr. Response, Greek. He's Greek. Tell me, how many Greek well, doctors came orthodox, up though. with he miracles? He's Orthodox.
5: He's Orthodox.
3: Well.
5: <laughs> Well, All right. This Robert is Lowe, uh the Pap Mirta saved
18: millions of lives and the guy never even got a Nobel Prize or a Presidential Medal of Freedom. But millions of people were saved by uh, that simple one Pap test. Yeah, but we
3: have a few.
18: And, uh, we have a few Greek
3: Jews that both of you can agree on.
18: Yeah. Uh, Albert Borla is a Greek Jew from the side. Pfizer. Of Niki, and, uh, Pfizer yeah. He, He he came out uh, with the vaccine. He's the one who put the team together. It would have never happened. And he just wrote a book named Moonshot. And it's an amazing story on how within a year we had a COVID vaccine. And also we have uh, people like uh, George Yankopoulos at Regeneron who came out with the monoclonal antibody that was used in COVID and Ebola. And Dr. George Skangos is the one with the Eli Lilly antibody that's currently being used against the Omicron and subvariant from California from Veer pharma. So we have all these great uh, immigrants from all parts of the world. That's what makes America great. The diversity of all the religions. If I were in charge, I'd start a new religion called Budo, Judo, Chrislam. and the <laughs> best of Buddhism, Judaism, Chrislam, Islam, and get everybody to work together. Well, Where do I, I
2: sign up? Well, I think all religions have a core belief that we believe in a higher power and whatever, whatever you want to call it, and that most people are inherently good, yeah. right?
5: Well, we our have our we greatest have powers in, in one earth. union. Yeah, many locals, but we're all together in that union. And do so,
2: unto others as you would have do unto. Yeah,
5: yeah. I think if you look at the basic moral core of our all of our faiths, there's a proverb. God has made one blood of the human family. We're all family. We all have the uh, birth certificate that says we're children of God. So we are related to one another.
2: So not not you're, not, you're not question marks or not and bond, <laughs> pansexual.
3: Uh, well that's uh, my you know my connection is going bad here. Enough of that. You know, you have, we're right supposed to together, we're that, supposed that, that, to have the that. attorney general of Florida calling in at the five o'clock show. Let's see if we ever get her. On the fact is, is it child abuse when an adult takes five year old kids and mm-hmm. pushes them to doing stupid things? But I want to thank you, Rabbi Potashnik. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Happy yeah, Passover. Thanks for
5: giving us a voice.
3: And Thank you. Thank you. And Dr. Mihalos, thank you for everything you do. And uh, we'll catch up again real soon, maybe tonight at the 5 o'clock show. You never know. Thank, thank you, thanks Dr. Thanks for Michalos.
5: bringing diversity to the table. Right. Thank right. you. Goodbye. <laughs> thanks for getting the truth out.
3: Thank you. And uh, we're going to be taking a break. Yeah, we got news. to take a break and, right uh, now for the but, news. But uh, the uh, 9 okay. o'clock hour, Dr. Oz. He's going to be calling in at uh, 10 after. Dr. Uh, and uh, Father uh, Alex uh, Carluzzo is going to be talking about Easter and, uh, and all the other things. And Eric Maltz. And, and Eric Maltz from the yeah, Drug Enforcement Agency at 940, 945. Right. Let's take a news break, and and we'll be back.
0: We are New York. Bernie and in the morning. hot Radio 77. W.
1: ABC. ABC.
3: Come
7: fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away.
3: Well, I did have before I quit flying. I did have four thousand hours of jet time.
2: I hate flying, by the way.
3: And my, when I was young and stupid, and the FAA wasn't looking as much, I used to fly three hundred feet over the beach at three hundred miles an hour.
2: This is me on a plane. I'm like this. And then I have my rosary beads in one hand, and then my husband's. Sweating. But I did that
3: in the Bahamas, where there is no FAA.
2: And you fly? I could never do. I'm scared of heights.
3: And well, the sailboats
2: were going back and forth. Back oh, and forth. I'm getting nauseous. <laughs>
3: and uh, I understand uh, we're, we're waiting for Doctor Oz to call in, or we're calling him. Yes, is Doctor uh, Oz on yet? Let us know. And okay, and he is one smart guy. And people say, "Why did you? Why are you endorsing Doctor Oz uh, for?" Uh, Senator in Pennsylvania. Well, I'll tell you, I knew Doctor Oz from twenty, thirty years ago, and he, he, one of my friends, uh, Larry Soft. He saved Larry Soft's life.
11: He's a great. I said, I
3: called him up. I said, I said, uh, Mehmet. His first name is Mehmet. Mehmet, my friend is having a heart operation. Go in there and make sure it's done right.
2: Doctor Oz is on the line right now. I let's call him. Can we call him America's Doctor instead of Doctor Fauci? The
3: American's Doctor. (laughs) <laughs> you We gave you a new title, the American's doctor, Dr. Mehmet Oz.
13: Well, thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate people, it.
3: People used to travel worldwide to make sure it was only him that, that uh, treated them.
2: And, Dr. Oz, you're, what you're so good at is taking a very complicated situation and breaking it down, and you also integrate a healthy lifestyle when it comes to medicine as well, and which a lot of doctors don't do that. <laughs>
13: Well, I'll tell you, it's good for you personally. Uh, it's also good for the country. I mean, one of the most patriotic things you can do is take care of yourself. It dramatically reduces the amount of money we spend as a country for health care. It, it improves quality of life of you and the people around you, like your kids, your parents, the people love you. Uh, people work more efficiently. And I've been saying both in my practice you know, at, at Columbia University, as you know, New York Presbyterian, and on the show that if you control your destiny, you know, you could actually – it gives you mental resilience. I mean, if you, can, if you can control what's happening inside your body, you can change the world outside of it.
3: You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Colombia uh, with Dr. Vagilis over there and uh, all the the great people there, is now number, what is it, number four in the country as far as uh, uh, being the best hospital?
13: Yep. And, and and Dr. Vagilis, you should all know this, uh, was educated on scholarship, had no money, rose to great prominence, inventing all kinds of solutions to human disease. And then, he gave a massive several hundred million dollar donation to Columbia University, where my son is a medical student, by the way, so that no student pays tuition. If you go to medical school, in Columbia, you don't have to pay tuition. Now, obviously, we're supposed to contribute if we have the ability to, but there's no need anymore for students to decide what specialty to go into See, because what, there's so what, much debt.
3: What Dr. Vajus is doing, he's getting the people with 180 IQ, not the people that want to pay off Columbia to get their kids in it. Mm.
2: Doctor Oz, you're such a it's a successful doctor, and you obviously doing very well for yourself. A national show, syndicated. What made you decide to run for office?
13: I think, like many Americans, there's a crisis in America, a country I love dearly, a country that my father and mother were welcome to. My father's a doctor, was recruited to come here in the '50s when we didn't have enough doctors, and we had an unbelievable opportunity to thrive. We were truly the shining city on the hill. And immigrants, I to speak for first and second generation immigrants, when you come to this country, you love this country because you see how special it is. Sometimes we forget that. And as much as I've been successful and it's you know very safe to stay in a studio, right, 57th Street, that's where I was taping, uh, or in the operating room, which is a pretty safe place for doctors, not always for the patients, uh, it is cowardly to allow your country to falter if you could intervene and help uh, because you want to be safe. And so I think as Americans, like the last word of the national anthem, calls us to do. We need to be brave, to speak up, say what we believe. Uh, To all the people listening around, Democrats, Republicans, independents, you feel like you can say what you see. Most of my friends and people I've spoken to say no. They feel intimidated that they might make a mistake without realizing it. They might say the wrong word and hurt somebody, and that might actually destroy them. That's not what America is about. America is about being bold and and saying exactly what you think needs to be heard by others and let them push back. The First Amendment was all about that. And as an American, uh, and I'm proud of uh, of our country, I want to be able to get back to that.
4: Now, Dr. Oz, um, assuming that's that- Curtis
3: Leewa, and, and Curtis Leewa has a new theme song. What was the theme song? The Cavalry. <laughs> Boy, the slow in that control. That's, they're very slow. <laughs> There it is.
4: But, Dr. Oz... We're
3: going to send Curtis down to the border in Texas to to make sure he he protects the border.
4: But, Dr. Oz, uh, if you're fortunate enough to win the Republican primary and then win the uh, Senate, what will your position be as one of the few doctors uh, in the Senate or in the House about what has to be done now as Obamacare has gone to Biden care? What changes must be made in that?
13: There's two things that Americans want. They want their own doctor, which is a smart, smart move because if you have your own doctor, you can actually get better quality care because someone who knows you can coach you. And the most expensive thing in, medic- in medicine right now is bad quality care. Bad medicine doesn't just kill you, right? It hurts everybody. And so we, we've got, having your own doctor helps with that. And the second thing is transparency. Mm-hmm. We don't know what our drugs cost. We don't know which therapies are the best. We don't know which MRI scan gets the most important results. And so people are blind making decisions. You know, as a doctor prescribing a medication, I don't know what it costs the patient. Oftentimes, the patient doesn't even pick up the medication because they go to the pharmacy and it's too expensive. There's no excuse for that. If a medication that's twice a day is a tenth of the price of a medication that's once a day, the same pill, just once a day versus twice a day, let's save 10 times more money and just take it twice a day. Literally, those are the kinds of issues that are happening, and we're blind to them because we're not allowed to see the actual transparent numbers.
11: Dr. Oz, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Good morning, sir. I was wondering, what are the big issues in Pennsylvania that you're confronting and uh, trying to address in your candidacy?
13: The biggest issue by far right now uh, is energy and the fact that this uh, Commonwealth – under my feet, right here, I have more national gas to, that that we could ever use in this country. We could power us for two hundred years, and and it would drop energy prices, which deals with the inflation issue. It would elevate standard of incomes uh, in this, uh, the state of Pennsylvania, and we'd be able to help our allies overseas. It is frankly cowardly that we're not allowing our country to drill under our national lands. You know, our our parks and national lands can be cleanly. Uh, use one third of all of our energies under federal lands those are our lands Uh, President Biden passed a executive order the first week he was in office banning that and even with the Ukrainian war and the obvious Uh, and very clear reality that the Green New Deal is scientifically implausible, cannot happen. The cleanest way for us to move forward is clean natural gas, which, by the way, I'll blow your mind with a statistic. If I were to take natural gas from under my feet here in Pennsylvania and ship it to other countries and replace their dirty systems for making energy, it would be the equivalent of electrifying every vehicle, everyone, plus putting a solar panel on every residential roof plus doubling wind energy. So if you're a Green New Deal advocate, that's really what you ever want. The best case scenario, we can get there just by using clean natural gas, and it's scientifically feasible.
2: Dr. Oz, do you feel like everything has become so politicized? Everything is either right or left, when at the end of the day, it's about right or wrong and what's best for America?
13: It's become politicized in a way that is harmful to the process. But I think there are a lot of people, especially on the right, who feel forgotten who don't feel anyone's listening to them. Their values aren't being respected. And when people don't feel respected, they get angry. And so they start wanting to you know, push hard. And for that reason, there's going to be a large number of Republicans elected this year, myself included, I hope, uh, because uh, we hear the pain that people are feeling, especially in the center parts of the country. In the middle of Pennsylvania, was likened by James Carville to Alabama, because unlike Philadelphia an Eastern Coastal City and Pittsburgh, which is a Midwestern city, there are many parts of this beautiful commonwealth uh, that, that have struggled in part because of ideology. I mentioned energy as a good example. If your ideologic belief is that anything that, that brings energy out of the ground is bad for the world, which is r- false, by the way, just like much of our treatment of COVID was based on false beliefs, same for energy, then you're not going to allow people to do what they know is best for themselves and for their country, and they get angry about it. You know, New York State blocks Pennsylvania natural gas from being piped to New England. So guess where New England gets its natural gas? From Colombia, South America. Oh, my they God. Hey, they, get, they get natural gas. They need energy. People do have to heat their homes in New England. It gets cold. So they go to South America. They buy natural gas, which is not harvested as cleanly as we would harvest it, so it's not as good for the planet. They ship it north, which uses energy, and then they consume that natural gas. Same in, you know, and, and that, Or they buy oil from Russia to heat their homes. So you look at this, and you say, where, where's the benefit here? It's all based on ideology, and you have unpaid government bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci making important decisions with regulations and rules that often don't help. You have uh, people who are activists being able to block hundreds of millions of dollars of investment with no thought and no no prudence, and you have activist lawyers who help the process. We need law and order in America. If I decide it's a national priority for us to be able to get a certain amount of natural gas cleanly out of the ground, that should happen. Otherwise, producers aren't going to take the risk. And that's what we're witnessing right now. That's why we've got a struggle in Ukraine. Putin very cleanly and cleverly used misinformation in Europe to con the Germans. He funded green activists in Europe to get the Germans to give up their nuclear energy and become dependent on Russian energy. he have got the English to stop drilling. And, 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 he, and he, he's, we believe also been involved in American misinformation, which, which is part of the reason there's so much confusion about a pretty clear scientific conclusion, which is natural gas is a wise move forward for our country.
3: Wow. Uh, Curtis, any other questions? Doctor? Well, just, uh,
4: Dr. Oz, uh, how important was this uh, endorsement of your candidacy in a heated uh, Republican primary by the former President Donald Trump? Massive. Massive. People call back. (laughs) Events get scheduled
13: quickly. (laughs) Uh, there's There's a tidal wave of support. It's reflected in in every aspect of a, of a political campaign, including the polls, the president is trusted by the majority of Pennsylvanians as understanding who they are, respecting what they need, and you know making decisions. And so when he compared me to the other candidates, and very specifically, he compared me to David McCormick, whose wife had worked for him, and he'd applied for a job at the White House at the time, uh, and he went through all the different issues that would be important. He concluded that I was strong, and, and I would fight for what I believe in, which is what he treasures as a uh, candidate for the Senate, and I will do just that.
11: It's very important that uh, someone like you win the Senate because, based on what I read in the Wall Street Journal this morning, the Democratic candidate who seems to be leading is a very far left person, the lieutenant governor, who's part of the Elizabeth Warren progressive wing of the party. Oh, my God. So that would be a real he- loss for this country to lose a Senate seat to the common Democratic sense. Party. That's
3: all we want is common sense. Uh, um, George Venizelos, anything? Uh,
8: Dr. Oz, this is George Renazello. So I I, had, I was lucky enough to spend time in Pennsylvania I, when I was with the FBI. I worked in Harrisburg. And I worked in Philadelphia, and, and you hit it right on. I mean, when I was there, I, I heard the same James Carville uh, reference where you had Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Alabama in the middle, and, and, and it is really different states. You know, I mean, the, the central Pennsylvania is, is a very um, pro-American, conservative um, part of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania and part of the country. It's, it's a great state. It really is a great state.
3: Dr. Oz, thank you so much for coming on. We have to take a break and, uh, uh, good luck in Pennsylvania and, and common sense in America must prevail. And God bless you. God bless Pennsylvania and God bless America. Thank you so much.
13: Yeah, check out Check out dr. Dot com. If you want more information, God bless you back. Dr. Happy Easter.
3: Thank you. And, uh, uh, happy Easter too, and Dr. Uh, and uh, where's it? DrOz.com.
2: DrOz.com. Dr. Okay. Correct. I will go
3: to it later. Thank you. Uh, are we going to a break now? Yes,
2: we got to go to a break. Okay. We'll be right back. This is Cats and Lid in for Bernie
0: and Sid. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
2: So, am, am I? No,
3: no dancing in the I aisles. Am
2: d- I doing the right dance?
3: No dancing in the aisles. Uh, with us uh, today is Father Alex Karlutos. He was Vicar General of the Greek Archdiocese, and he also represents the Patriarch, the Ecumenical Patriarch in Constantinople. And
2: he married an Albanian woman. The me- best decision he ever made in his and life. And
3: he's godfather <laughs> <glad> <laughs> of my
2: children. Hi, Father Alex.
19: How are you doing? Is every- everything good?
3: Everything's good, except we lost our good friend, uh, Charlie Timmel.
19: You know something, John, I, when you uh, texted me last night, I was really shook up about that. Uh, Charles, uh, what a great intellect, spirit. He was a man who was in uh, financial advisor, but he was more like a life advisor. He he really picked up uh, a lot of wisdom along the way, and uh, he'll be remembered for sharing that wisdom, not only for people getting wealthier but wealthier in regards to their spirits and their minds their lives uh I met him through you with our breakfast and he really enriched uh, he enriched us in ways uh that, that make your life more full and meaningful so eternal so be his a, memory say a prayer in Jewish tradition
3: yeah say a prayer for him and uh, when you're in church and uh now um uh, everybody this is a, a catholic easter uh this weekend in Protestant Easter, and Greek Easter is next weekend. And I said yeah, to everybody, Greek we we arranged it that way because after, Greek, after Catholic Easter, we could buy the chocolate bunnies at half price.
19: <laughs> exactly right. You know, it was probably that... The catmatiis syndrome you know exactly what to do we know
3: you know we want to get the right price of chocolate well, it, where does, it,
11: where does Passover fit in, in this room, Passover,
3: well, we're gonna find out father Alex can you give us the global picture of uh, Catholic uh, Easter Passover and Greek Easter and how okay. that uh uh comes out
19: well so Passover of course we celebrate P- Passover, right uh where it uh uh, the, the Orthodox call it Pascha, right? Pascha, which is Pesach, which is the the Jewish tradition. We wait until our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate the Passover, and then we celebrate the second Passover, which is Jesus rose from the dead, The what we consider the Messiah from uh, the Jewish tradition, Christian tradition, So we wait until Passover is completely done before we can celebrate the second Passover. That was an addition that was later put on. The ecumenical patriarch uh, tried to, a few years ago, to, along with Pope Francis, and he had talked about it with Pope John Paul and with Pope uh, Benedict, to have one common date for Easter. But the rest of the Orthodox Christians, including Kirill, who was the patriarch of Moscow, did not want to go back to the original date of Easter. The original date of Easter was exactly what's occurring this weekend now. The first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. and um, But then we added after Passover and uh, so the Ecumenical Patriarch wanted to have one common date. Uh, The Catholic uh, uh, primates, the, the popes all agreed to it. It was difficult to get it done that way, but to go into, I was reading something today and about life and death, and it talks about where the caterpillar thinks it's the end of the world. God sees the beginning of a butterfly. Mm. So it's that hope of the resurrection, uh, eternal life, uh, that brings us uh, a great hope at Easter, whether it's Catholic, Protestant Easter Passover. It was death to life, and death passed over. Uh, the people that uh, did not follow the word of Lot, the covenant between Abraham and uh, Jehovah, or Yahweh. And uh, so uh, we celebrate with our Jewish brothers and sisters Passover because without the Jewish experience, without Abraham encountering uh, God, uh, in the in the Old Testament there would never be a New Testament. It's a continuation of the covenant, and we believe that Jesus is the Messiah who rose from the dead and gave us eternal life.
3: Wow. Wow. And, Curtis, you said you had a short version of that? Oh, very short,
19: uh, (laughs) Father
4: Alex. Uh, For Catholics, uh, you hide the eggs in the yard, and you have your kids go find the eggs, and that's your Easter holiday. Now, do Greeks hide eggs in the lawn or in the yard for the kids to find them?
19: Oh, we do have, but the eggs, why the eggs, though, Curtis? Well, right we now, break the egg. Ah, there's
2: a rebirth, no.
19: That's Wait, exactly right. The Wait. egg, the egg on the outside of an egg, and we we do that at all And it's all red. Let's be let's be clear, Father.
11: Let's be clear, Father. The the Jews, yeah. hid the matzah.
19: During well, the matzo, yeah, yeah. But uh, Don't forget, if anyway. you
3: eat too much matzo, you get <laughs> constipation. Don't forget
19: That's that. That's right. But the problem, the good thing is if you eat eggs, you don't. But the, <laughs> what I, what I want to say about the eggs, on the outside, they don't seem to have life. But inside is the yolk, and that is life. And so, therefore, that, that is where the egg comes into that tradition. I never,
1: I never knew, knew that. Crickets.
19: Wow. Yeah. On the outside, it looks like there's no life. But inside, of course, that is life. And uh, that's why breaking of the egg is the breaking of the tomb, and eternal life comes out. Now, the truth is that the Orthodox uh, do hide the eggs in the yard, uh, but in the meantime, they got lamb on the spit, they got pasticio and spanacopita, uh, wonderful traditions. The most important thing, as it is in the Jewish tradition, as it is in the Catholic, Protestant, and the Orthodox. We come together as families
2: and, and the Lamb and of God too to is also
19: great down oh. and talk to each other. Oh, yep.
2: absolutely. And the Lamb of God, too, is also great symbolism. My mom would always say to me because I'd say, Mom, why do you why are you staying up all night? Just because I went out like, calm down, go to sleep. I'm going to be fine. She grew up on a farm and she'd say if even just one of the sheep was lost, we spent all night long looking for that one lamb. Never mind you. So how am I supposed to sleep? And then it kind of brought me back. To, I went to Catholic school my whole life. I was a catechism teacher, and it reminded me of the parable that Jesus also told. And then you see the those pictures, those paintings with the lamb, you know, on his back. And it, there, can you explain also? He was the, symb- the lamb
19: of God. Yeah. Yes, the he, symbolism. He was the one that, that was sacrificed. But I think what your mother was telling you, what Jesus also said, is that which shepherd does not leave the 99 and go look for the lost sheep? And, you know, ultimately, and this is it, when you have a child, you have the heart running outside of your body. Mm -hmm. We all listen. We all have different experiences. We're on radio. We're at a pulpit in a church. We're sitting at a citadel. But if our child is out there somewhere, no matter what age, I can just tell you your heart is with that child.
1: Yes.
2: You're and only so as happy as your, your, your least happiest words. child, correct?
19: Absolutely, That's right. Yeah. But can you imagine your mother's looking at you? You're partying all night.
2: <laughs> I was it <an laughs> all, all night. night. I was a good girl. Like, did, you I call, did, call my, me that You're there
19: with <laughs> Curtis and John. And bad
3: influences. <laughs> wait, wait, where's that music? Bad girl. <laughs> yeah. well,
19: no, well, but my daughter. Do- yes. It's wonderful, though, that you take this time on this Holy Great Friday Uh, to come together and talk about those wonderful traditions of Passover, of Easter, that give us our values in Western civilization. And uh, this is what's so great about WABC. It's what you call common sense, which is also spiritual sense. And we thank uh, John and the team here for giving us that opportunity to wish everybody a blessed Easter, a holy Passover, And next week we're gonna go get discounts over at Cristi's and DeCastino. Half price on half
3: price on uh, matzah. No, (laughs) not (laughs) matzah. Half price on uh, uh, Easter bunnies. Chocolate Easter Bunny. So we had some Oreos and Chips Ahoy. Are we going to get some chocolate bunnies up in the studio again? Those prices, (laughs) buy them now before they go up. Father Alex Carlutos. God bless. uh, Thank Thank you. you, God bless you, and God bless America. God
19: bless you all. Thank Thank you.
3: you. And uh, let's take that. uh, We have either a break or a –
2: We have a break, but we're going to go to the clip of the day. And then after that, we're going to talk to a former DEA agent about the border crisis, Derek Maltz. We'll be right back.
0: Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C. Sad girl. <laughs> Talking about the sad girl. Th- th- this is my sad
3: up. girl. We got Curtis's new team song and we got <laughs> your new theme song. this <laughs> song came out before
7: I was
4: born. The Albanian bad <laughs> girl, Lydia Surana <laughs>
2: Well, you know what we should have played? We should have played Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What you going to do? Because now we're going to talk about the border. We got the former DEA in charge of special operations on the line for us. Always a great interview because you keep it real. You're very passionate about your work. Derek Maltz, how are you, sir?
6: How are you, Lydia? Thanks for having me today.
2: What the heck is going on? As John Katzmitides would say, I mean, we're talking we're talking a record number of migrants, wide open. And if this Title 42 gets lifted, we are. How can I can I say screwed on the air? We're screwed.
3: Hold on, hold on. We got breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, it come, it's coming out just now that the ship that was uh, sunk by the Ukrainians, the Russian ship. You ready for this one? Was carrying nuclear weapons. Does that mean the nuclear weapons are in the bottom of the sea? That sure. is
4: breaking news. Bottom of the Black Sea, yes.
3: Wow. Wow. Those Russians no. are out I of mean, their I minds. mean, I think we should get all the uh, uh, the liberals on it and because uh, that could harm the fish.
2: Oh, uh, exactly. That's what they really care about, the, the sea life.
3: Well, I'm sorry I interrupted you, no. Lydia. No, Proceed no, 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 no. because... Yeah, you know, no, this is, re- DEA no, is very great. important.
2: Yes. Uh, Derek Maltz. So what could we anticipate as far as the border crisis?
6: Uh, so let me make this real clear. Under the current administration, we're facing not only the worst border crisis in the history of America, but the worst deadly drug crisis. So we're going to have millions of people invading the country from all over the world, not just from the Northern Triangle countries in Mexico, but the Middle East, China, Russia, Africa. And so we have to be ready for that invasion. But let's just talk about, like, yesterday the CIA director called out uh, and said that, you know, China is a silent partner for Russia in what's going on in the Ukraine. But nobody's saying that China is the silent partner for the Mexican cartels that are killing. The CDC numbers just came out yesterday. The latest provisional numbers ending November of 2021 106,854 dead Americans, that's 292 a day, but nobody in the administration is talking about that. That's the ongoing chemical weapon attack against our kids as they invade the country, set up operations in cities throughout America, and we're not talking about it, and we're not proactively dealing with it. So that's a disgrace.
2: It is. It's an absolute disgrace, and we're seeing record-high number of overdoses, sex traffickers could be coming in and we could also see a resurgence of MS-13. Are you also concerned about that?
6: Absolutely. I was down at the border last week at the Rio Grande Valley getting briefings by the Border Patrol Department of Public Safety in Texas. And my head is still spinning because the American public are not being told. They're suppressing the ability of these law enforcement officials on the border to talk to the media. So they don't want the American public to know what's going on. As an example, the border patrol morale is down in the toilet. That's because they're not allowed to do their job. They can't do border security. They have to watch crimes being committed right in front of them. Instead of going after the drugs and the bad guys and the money and the contraband, the guns, they have to sit there and process and do babysitting. 80% of the border patrol resources are tied up in this nonsense instead of doing the border security. When Title 42 ends, they're done. They're going to not only be wiped out as far as ability to do border security, they're probably, a lot of them are probably going to quit because they can't stand the fact that they signed up for border security and now they're doing migrant care and processing and bureaucratic paperwork to release people back into the country.
11: Agent, it's uh, Judge Richard Warnberg. Two, two points I'd like you to comment on. Number one, I believe it's a total abdication of responsibility, and it's unlawful for the President of the United States and his administration to allow this to happen by not enforcing our border security and our immigration laws. And number two, he's co-opted government officials and private contractors to deliver these people in the middle of the night throughout the country. What say you?
6: Well, Judge, I mean, obviously you're right on point. You know, if we don't have law and order, we don't have anything in this country. Look what's going on in New York and the other cities with the crime and everything. And look at all of these MS-13 guys. I mean, Long Island, I lived in Long Island. I saw the police work that was done and these animals, and I'll call them animals. They're chopping up people uh, on the streets and they're killing young kids to get them and to recruit them into the MS-13. They're running over the border. The other thing I learned on the border last week, which is not very well publicized, is the amount of sexual predators, gangsters, terrorists, and criminal aliens that are coming back into America. Like, these are the people coming in. They've already been convicted of crimes. They were expelled. Now they're coming back in. But unfortunately, since Border Patrol can't do security, they're going to be running. And the other thing that people need to realize is the guard numbers. 60,000 a month coming across the border. We don't know who they are, where they came from, what they're going to be doing here, who sent them, what's their motives. And this is from around the world. It's not just poor people in Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries. So the president has a responsibility to protect the American citizens. And right now that's not being done too well. Let's, let's be honest. Look what's happening in this country. It seems like overnight it's went right down the dream. I mean, it's
8: unbelievable and it's very sad for the future generation. Hi, Derek, it's George Venazellos. How are you doing, my friend?
6: George, what's up, buddy? Good. Here's a crime fighter for you. <laughs> well, first of all, I want
8: to commend you for, because then I see you on the Facebook and on the LinkedIn and everything. I mean, you are doing your best to get the word out about this the dirty American secret that's out there. What, what what what's your feeling about our our former agencies and you know how they playing into this? Are, you, are they are they handcuffed or do you think um, well, they're doing stuff?
6: George, I I talk to them every day, and I'll be honest with you, they're doing the best they can considering the restrictions and considering the clamps that have been put on them. But the agents out there and all these agencies, they are paid to go protect the public, and they're going to continue to do the best they can with the tools that they have. Obviously, if they unite and work closer together, which is what I've been preaching forever, I think will be more effective. And I've seen some positive things happen. George, I'll be honest with you. The FBI and some of the international investigations they've done on these cyber criminals and these, these transnational criminals getting into their communications, very, very impressive. And they're leading the way, uh, and I say that very sincerely, but the DEA, Homeland Security Investigations, The ATF, they're out there, you know, putting their lives on the line every day. And our brave men and women, I was so impressed listening to them last week, George. I'm very encouraged by our law enforcement. They're not giving up yet, but it's hard to stay motivated when you're getting no support and you're just not getting the respect that's deserved by the public and the media and the politicians. So hopefully they can continue staying motivated. One last comment, George. What motivates me now is the families around America that I work with every day that find their loved ones dead in their bedrooms and no one even is even talking about it on mainstream media, and these families need support. So I'm going to continue to put the word out, anything I can do to support these families, because they're devastated.
3: Derek, uh, one question, and uh, this is a sensitive question, but you're no longer in the agency. Uh, is there any political types uh, that have been appointed? Appointed political types that are telling uh, in, in they're telling uh, anybody uh, watching the border, don't do your job exactly the way they're supposed to do their job.
6: Well, you know what? I would actually answer that if I had first information. Like they're not going to come out and say that, but they're going to they're going to do things to show the complete lack of support. They lie to the public. When they tell the public the border's closed, how many times you heard the DHS secretary say the border's closed? Or wait a minute, our border's on. Where the hell has she been, right? And she's, not, she's been down to El Paso one time, right? And what did she say? Oh, we got it under control, whatever she said. The border's closed. You can't come in. It's mixed signals all the time, mixed messages, all right? We got to wear masks. Our kids got to wear masks and they're three years old. But then these people come across the border, and they come into our country, into our cities, and it's okay. Or they go to school out in San Diego, and we have private sessions for the kids uh, that are coming illegally. And what about the latest rumor? I don't know if it's true, but our our, uh, our veteran affairs doctors are going to go help all these illegal uh, immigrants when our, our veterans can't even get health care. I don't know if that's confirmed, but that's been reported around. So... I don't know about telling them to look the other way because they're not going to do that. Law enforcement will not do that. They'll continue to press. they'll continue to do their job to save Americans.
3: so
4: now Derek down at the border crossing the that
3: is Curtis Sliwa, head of the Guardian Angels
4: down at the border crossing the Laredo into Laredo, I've stood there for days and watched eighteen wheel tractor trailers coming in from Mexico. They're, they're one of our biggest trading partners, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, lots of products. How is the DEA able to inspect these cargo containers that we know either have human cargo or drugs uh, that is uh, put into the product coming across?
6: Well, first of all, Curtis, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I I followed you forever, so keep up the good work, but. As far as the tractor trailers, that's CBP's job, and they do a hell of a job considering the lack of resources, the lack of respect. And right now, even Governor Abbott is creating a situation, which I think is going to be positive, uh, where he's doing safety inspections of all these tractor trailers coming across. So it's created a backlog. They can't get their goods into America, and they're all pissed off right now. Well, now the officials in Mexico realize they're losing revenue. So they're going to start working some deals about, you know, keeping the migrants in Mexico. So Governor Abbott gets, a, you know, my my applause because he's doing something. The Border Patrol and CBP are out there every day, but unfortunately, I heard something very interesting this past week by a very uh, top official of the Border Patrol, retired. He said the Border Patrol can no longer act even when they see something in front of them. If, it used to be, if it's out of their reach, I mean, if it's out of their view they can't act. Now, if it's out of their reach, right, it's, it's like they, they basically can't act even if it's happening in front of them because they're consumed with the processing and the paperwork and the babysitting. So they're really disgusted. They used to be able to act if it was in their view. They could go out and do it. If it was out of their, you know, if it was out of their, you know, reach, they, they couldn't do anything. And now it's, it's a disaster right there on the border. But they are working hard still. They're making significant seizures. And like I I say, if you seize one kilogram of fentanyl, that's saving potentially 500,000 Americans because one kilogram can potentially kill 500,000. Last year alone, they seized 11,201 pounds of fentanyl. And the DEA administrator put out a statistic that they seized enough fentanyl last year to kill every American. Just so you know. So they're doing the best they can, but they're not getting support from the White House and the cabinet in this country right now. And that's a disgrace because our country's falling apart. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better because you can't ignore big problems like this. They don't just go away, they get worse. Agent
2: Maltz, what's your estimate of how many illegal migrants could we see flooding the United States? I say, well, again,
6: yeah. I can tell you what I was told by the professionals on the border, 18,000 a day, okay? all time We already have all-time records, by the way. Like, you look at the stats of how many migrants have been apprehended and how many gotaways. We're talking about something we've never seen in the history of the country, just like the drug deaths. We have never seen this. Like, people think this is the same old thing of the poor kid took a pill and he died. No. The poor kid doesn't know what he's taken. He's taking this poison that's made in labs in Mexico that is flooding our streets, and the Chinese transnational criminals are providing the precursor chemicals and doing the money laundering services to keep the cash going back to the cartel. That's the difference. This has never happened in the history of America, and nobody even wants to talk about that.
2: Nobody wants to talk about it, and we're just seeing this crisis unfold and people dying on the streets, and there's a solution to the problem, just like you do at night with your home door. Lock the door. Thank you so much, exactly. special, special Agent Derek Maltz. Thank you for all that you do. and Everything like, you've
3: done yes. and continue to speak out for to save American lives. Thank you so much.
6: Thank you, Derek. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Have okay. a great day.
3: Thank you, sir. Now, I'm getting a lot of uh, questions, and I'm getting a, a lot of uh, on me what, the, the nuclear bombs on the bottom. They said of the it black may have ship.
2: may have had it may may have them. I was just looking at the article. So that's what they're speculating. They still have to check out the ship and there could have been 400 Russia sailors on, not it. Confirmed on it. They haven't confirmed. And no, it and the
3: 400 sailors got killed. could
2: have gone down with the ship. But analysts and experts have warned that it may have been carrying nuclear warheads. So they sank it. There was an explosion on board caused by a Ukrainian missile. But they got to go check out the ship. They haven't
1: but, been you able know, to yet.
3: Cruisers like that. I know a little bit about the Navy. And Matt wanting, let's get somebody from the Navy on on the 5 o'clock show. And they're supposed to be able to shoot down those kind of missiles. It wasn't a hypersonic missile like the Chinese have. You're right. It wasn't a hypersonic. It was an ordinary missile. Usually, you shoot those things down. I mean, is the is the Russian Navy as bad as the Russian Army? Are they that incompetent? We can only hope so. It seems like it. It seems. I actually like feel it. sorry for them. I mean, that's, no, it's horrible.
2: Which general is going to get killed now, Putin? You know, he is not going to be a
11: happy camper. Some
3: some general is going to no. Some admiral is going to commit suicide. Oh yes, the,
11: the admiral in charge of the fleet, the Black Fleet, He's gonna has, commit been arre- suicide. has been arrested. He has been?
3: Yep, according to the article. I'm oh reading my that. God. He's See, been there
11: arrested. you go. He's been arrested. And the fact and, that the Russians and was admitted assassination this. there a attempt on the defense minister in Russia.
3: Where, where's that song? Uh, what was that thing? Uh, we gotta sink the Titanic? I Remember have... that song? No, only me and Curtis <laughs> are old. Fred, <laughs> Freddie
11: Cannon?
3: What? Freddie Cannon. No, no, sink the Titanic. I know oh. that. In 1941, we set to sea. No, no, that was John. It, that was PT 109
4: We used to play uh, Battleship.
2: Well, we're remember? running out of time. Yeah. Let's give an all happy Easter around. Happy Easter.
3: Okay. Happy yeah. Passover to all. And uh, Judge Weinberg, uh, happy uh, Pasek. And uh, George Venezuelos, happy Palm Sunday because your Easter is next week. Curtis, you celebrate all holidays like I do.
4: Exactly. And
3: in Albania, what do they do? No,
2: we're I'm Catholic, so we're celebrating um, Easter this we'll weekend. I'm having the whole Easter family time. come over. So. That sounds great. Yes. We're going to have great. some and lamb. Mishchenji, we call baby lamb. No That's, lamb. No That's the best. You know that.
3: I love baby lamb. There
2: you go. Killing a baby lamb. I'm go- they're going well, to hey, get
3: me now. To all like, our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we have doubled our ratings from last Good Friday.
5: Because it's witchcraft. Wicked witchcraft, and although I know it's strictly
16: taboo, when
1: you arouse the need in me, my heart says, Yes, indeed. indeed.